back to the dark insight and here is the most awkward of awkward intros as as you may know i usually don't do the intros um but as usual uh we have our good friend jeremy greer hey Vader. hello hey how's it going it's going very well this is episode 25 for the listeners out there oh yeah i was getting there <laughs> told you to be awkward <laughs> um but this intro is for cliff because uh, i don't think i've done one when he's recording and he is not joining us today. Um, uh, we are joined by the even lovelier, the Law Hunter, also known as Sean. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, Cliff has uh, ditched us uh, for a, a prettier, sleeker console. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he basically told us that uh, his Xbox One was going to be delivered today, and he didn't want to do the podcast because <laughs> he wanted to play with his Xbox One. <laughs> Uh, if you go it's check out his Twitter feed, um, he's got a sleek, sexy um, black number with uh, silver trim. Uh, that's the Elite controller. Uh, so he'll be spending the like next hour while we're recording just playing with the little attachments, probably, like taking them on and off. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so he'll be back next time. But yeah, we'll continue as usual. Uh, so send, send Cliff some hate mail for why it's reason for not being with us. And we'll be next time. So we're into the news. Oh, yeah, we usually say the date, don't we? It's the 9th of July for me and 8th of July for everyone else. <laughs> uh, um, well, wait, 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 we don't do the news. We got we to gotta talk about the weather like the old man that we are. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's freezing. It's freezing. Yeah. Freezing? Um, well, it's not actual ice, but it's cold. My toes are cold. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got myself a jinbei, which is like a traditional Japanese kind of house clothes. And it's really made for summer. But I'm stupid, and I want to wear it because it's. I feel I feel really cool in it, and so, <laughs> um, and so I'm wearing it in the middle of winter, um, and it's raining, and the sun hasn't come up yet. So, that's the dark insight weather report. All well, it's um, it may be freezing in your side, but it is hot as balls in Louisiana right now. <laughs> Jesus. This is the hottest I think it's ever been, and it's only in the middle of July, so I can't only imagine what August is going to be like. Sean, go, Sean, Sean, tell me about the wonderful Northeast right now. Uh, it is, I think I'm borrowing a little bit of uh, Louisiana because it's, it's hot as balls up here, too. It was warmer yesterday, but it is very muggy out. My my poor – we don't have uh, air conditioning in our apartment, so my poor kid is – Spent the last two days sweating, so we had we had to take her swimming before the recording <laughs> just to cool her just down. To cool her down. Oh man, that's what sucks about living like not in the south is that like other areas of the country can get this hot, but like y'all don't have air conditioning. Like down here, we have like I have like a ten ton huge bad mamma jamma out there cooling my house down. So <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Australia was like that when we went to earlier in the year. It just gets stinking hot there. Um, and like everyone has really good air conditioning, like it's just essential. So it's through. It's not like a unit, 
just the whole house can get cooled down in one go. It's just, yeah, it's mental. Sean, uh, thank you for coming on and, and filling in for Cliff for us. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Happy to do it. How has uh, hunting lore been going for you? I know you've been busy lately, but before <laughs> that, you were you were doing some serious uh, work on the Dark Souls 3 side. I, I kept seeing you put out article after article. Yeah, um, actually, so I'm, I'm doing what is, it's not a uh, formal sort of thing, but I'm doing my typical burnout on Dark Souls, where I think uh, the last couple weeks I went on vacation, so, so uh, both from work and from Dark Souls, so I've been a little bit uh, away from it, so I'm not, my finger's not on the pulse, but yeah, definitely... I definitely did quite a bit of talking here. I think I, I maybe too much talking at some points on Dark Souls Three and where he stood on the lore stuff. But I, I think uh, it's it's interesting because with Bloodborne it was all new, you know. So people, there's just these, you know, everybody was starting to understand the world. But with uh, this is my first big release doing the lore hunter stuff. So just day one, you know, a lot of people with a lot of really good lore, you know, suppositions were being written and everything. So cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to probably get into some dark souls three chat a little later. Um, but for now, I think Bader, you were going to bring us into some news. Uh, yes. So Jeremy, you, um, you've put down the summer games done quick. I always see it come around, and I never get around to watching anything. It's just, it's the wrong time of day, I guess. Um, well, how can it be the wrong time of day? It's literally it's 24 like, hours a day. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you're right. As I said that, I realize it's 24, isn't it? <laughs> they grind for like seven, uh, what, like 196 hours straight. I just never get around to it. I don't know what it is. I hear all about it, and I hear about all the records being broken, but I just never get around to sitting down and watching any. So... I well, must repent and it, watch some. It's become um, kind of a tradition around my house to watch it because uh, I was watching it one year during the, um, I think this was the 2015 AGDQ, the Awesome Games Done Quick. And uh, I was watching the Tetris Grandmaster segment. <laughs> and if neither one of y'all have seen that, by the way, just go on YouTube and look for that because it will blow your fucking mind. Like, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> but my wife was watching with me and it blew her mind. So now, like... We'll be hanging out in the evening time, and she's like, "What, what game is? What game are they playing right now? Like, I want to, I want to see what game." And I'm like, if they're playing something that she knows, she wants to watch it, like a Mario or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring up specifically that, uh, that this guy, um, half coordinated, did a run of Momodora. That, um, and I've never played Momodora, and I don't think either one of us, either one of you, have, right? No. Yeah, it's it's people describe it as a Dark Souls like, but it's like a two D. Um, <laughs> like platformer you know rpg type thing um i've heard it described as cat souls because you can turn into a cat which is you know hey cats are always appreciated uh but half coordinated and the reason i wanted to bring him up is um the run was really really interesting like he he did the whole thing on the hardest difficulty and um came close to breaking his own world record but uh he's got some sort of um like disease that doesn't allow him full control of the right side of his body so he played the whole thing one-handed just using his left hand (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um it's it's worth watching just for that but also at the end he kind of makes a speech about like you know i'm i'm up here doing this with one hand and that means that any of you out there that uh you know might think of yourself as quote-unquote disabled like can do anything that you want to and it was super inspiring and and just a really nice nice thing to see at a at a conference like this because 
you know that SCDQ has been good, uh, but there's also it's usually like filled filled with awkward nerds talking about like awkward nerd <laughs> stuff. So it was really really cool to see like somebody say some stuff like this, and I, I thought that was really neat. So I just I just wanted that to bring cool. it up in this segment. So yeah, and that is on YouTube by the way. So if anybody goes to you know SDQ 2016 on YouTube, they've got that channel. Like they've been really really good about getting all their stuff up there. But you can just kind of scroll through until you see that one. Cool. Nice. I just have a look. The game looks kind of cool. The game does look cool. If it was on PS4, I would have probably bought it already. Uh, so it's only on PC? I think so, yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, the, the other interesting thing I saw this week, I just thought it was kind of curious. Um, there was this, there was a Call of Duty Roman Wars pitched, apparently, but the executives kind of like, nah, we're not doing that. Uh, and I just thought it was very fascinating, um, an, an idea, and very different than what the usual is for call of duty um both of you are you call of duty people sean go ahead uh i, I played quite a bit of modern warfare uh the, the first couple in in college so i definitely i definitely have a background enjoying it i haven't played it in years at this point okay is that something that you'd be oh sorry jeremy <laughs> you call of duty person um, kind of similar. Like I played some Modern Warfare. I've never gotten to the multiplayer side, um, and I played probably Modern Warfare two, and I might have played three. I don't really remember, but I don't like. I haven't played. I didn't play um, the one with the numbers that I can never remember the name of. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't played any of them since probably Modern Warfare two. Let's just say that. So my question I wanted to ask you guys is: Would you play a Call of Duty Roman Wars like just, a Roman skit? What, what is that? Like, am I just an Italian guy with a gun? Like, is that the... <laughs> what, what? Like, what's like? do I have a spear that I can, like, have, yeah. centers, like, iron scopes on? Like, I just don't get the pitch. Like, what is the, like, a first-person... Well, that, that's, that was game? weird. I mean, it's all, it was all just, like, a, um, a prototype done for, like, the pitch to the executives. And there's only some this many footage uh, leaked out or put out recently. Um, so I've, I've seen very little, but the, the concept was that it'd be third and first person, um, Romans like centurion, you know, back in Caesar's day, kind of Roman war, which I just thought was fascinating based on the Call of Duty <laughs> franchise. I just like I don't I don't get the marriage. Like it's like when somebody tells me like they want the Dark Souls of music games or rhythm games. I'm like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. It was, it was very strange. I guess we sort of got it in some ways with that um, the Xbox exclusive game, Rise. Oh, Rise. That yeah. Rise, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know it'd be kind of interesting to see something very different in the mm-hmm. Call of Duty franchise. It was apparently it was just a test to see what they could use the, the franchise and strap it to, and so it was supposed to be quite left field, like out mm-hmm. you know um, off the bench kind of type pitch. But I, don't know, I thought it was quite interesting, and it could be interesting to see some of these things actually come to a final game. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw the uh, I saw the video and some of the gameplay, and if if the question is would I want to play a Roman soldier in a video game, the answer is probably yeah. It sounds interesting. Do I want to play a Call of Duty that's trying to play the Roman? <laughs> it's like so in the video gameplay, he's throwing something like a fire grenade. I don't know what it is, but he's throwing something, and I, that's where I was like, "That's what I would not want from the people who make Call of Duty." Is trying to Call of Duty eyes 
a Roman <laughs> Warfare because I don't know why he's throwing like a fireball or something, but he has like he keeps like it's only a little bit of footage, and I know it was like an early pitch, but you don't you can take the grenades out for one game. <laughs> you don't yeah. need the the fireballs, but the uh, the horseback stuff and like fighting on horseback and stuff. It sounds interesting, but. I don't. I don't really need Call of Duty to give me their take on what was going on in like 400 AD. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. I, I think I like the idea is because I don't know. I just get a feeling that a lot of studios are just playing it safe. I'd like to mm. see a bit more risks taken and and new IP. And, and I guess that's not really new IP, but at least it'd be a, it'd be a big step or jump for Call mm. of Duty. So it'd be interesting, is is where I land on it. Um, yeah. To see something so different. I just I'm watching some of this footage now, and <laughs> I, and I realize this is like preliminary beta alpha, oh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. it I mean, it, it looks pretty awful and, and rudimentary, but <laughs> just the yeah. like at, at a certain point, like they they take you out of first person and put you kind of over the shoulder, like a third person combat kind of thing. And I'm like, why that at that point it's not Call of Duty anymore? Like Call of Duty is a first person game beyond anything else. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't Resident understand. Evil was a third-person game. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Resident <laughs> Evil doesn't. I mean, like, I, I guess. And a new I, one. Sure. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just winding you up. Uh. <laughs> I just, I don't understand why this exists at all. And I know it doesn't. So I guess let, let me say that I'm surprised that I'm, I'm agreeing with Activision on something because obviously they don't, they didn't understand why this existed either. So yeah, yeah fair enough. Good I job. can definitely see that. <laughs> oh. And what you what do you have here for the Resident Evil Seven demo? Because I I have downloaded it, but I, I didn't get a chance to play it this week. Um, well, spoilers, I guess, for you, Jeremy. The, the <laughs> I the don't finger. care about spoilers for a game that's <laughs> coming out in twenty twenty. Like, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, this this the demo is not even in the main game. Apparently, it's just a teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, the the finger you find a finger in the game. It's like a dummy finger. And it looks sort of like there's a metal uh, protrusion at the bottom that could be used as a key of some sorts. Does nothing in the demo as of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there was everyone speculating and people were hunting and searching to find out what the ring, the finger did. Um, I spent a little while wandering around. I think I played through the demo six or seven times. Um, and yeah, it does nothing. But they, there is speculation that it may do something with an update. Uh, in September because they announced um, they had a, a press release of, of some sorts and they had the finger on the page on, on, on a kind of picture and when they said they didn't do anything and there was a calendar underneath it with September open to September so they may there is speculation they may update the demo interesting okay yeah. So, uh, so I guess maybe. at this point I shouldn't play it until they update it is what you're telling me <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to be well, able to ever play this thing <laughs> um, I just thought it was kind of interesting kind of little thing um, and it's kind of nice seeing uh, them trying to play with some ideas obviously taking some inspiration from like PT and other mm-hmm. teasers but um, yeah it's, it's kind of fascinating and it's cool to see people hunt for the, the meaning of things yeah, I'm, I'm glad demos are making somewhat of a comeback because my my poor ass needs like a 15 minute game just to see if I want to play it because I haven't I, I've downloaded uh, the Resident Evil demo but is a is it a mission of gaming guilt I've never played a Resident Evil game so 
<laughs> so Resident Evil 7 demo will be my first experience with the series in general, so but I'm I'm glad to like give it a try and that's an easy way to get me in the door, so Yeah, exactly. Um I wanna I wanna try the um Overwatch because I've been kind of anti it because I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the some of the the characters and the look of it. Oh man, Vader's carrying on like his ca- hate campaign for Overwatch again. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been I've been thinking I want to play it still, just because I'm sure it's a great game and I'm sure it plays well, and so I actually want to give it a, a time of day. But I don't really want to spend a hundred dollars mm-hmm. on on that. And so yeah, it'd be nice if there was a demo where I could just play for like an hour or something. So I can actually have an opinion. Yeah, that was something I really enjoyed on the Xbox 360 days. Like every game released on Xbox Live was required to have a demo, so you could any oh, arcade game that was released, you could just go download it and play it for five or ten minutes. And I think that resulted in me not buying some games that I thought I would have, but it also resulted in me buying a lot of games that I wouldn't have anyway that I would just would have bought at fifteen dollar price point. So yeah. demo, demos in but, my mind are good, although I understand that it's a lot of extra overhead for the developers, and maybe they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but again, as you say, it can lead to sales. If you if you're actually putting a good game out there, you shouldn't you should have no fear of putting a, a demo out because you know you're putting a good game out for people to try. Um, this is not really news, but since last time, no, I think it was before our last recording. Um, I watched the Warcraft movie, but I forgot to talk about it, and because it's game related, I thought it'd be interesting to see what you guys' opinions on it and see. See what you thought about it. Because before release, all the movie critics were slamming it, and it wasn't doing so like well in reviews. Um, Jeremy, have you seen it? I know Sean has. I, I have not, and probably won't until it comes out on like VOD or I don't know. Like if it someone just like hand delivers it to my TV, I might watch <laughs> it one day. But I'm not. I'm not going to go seek out a Warcraft movie. So, <laughs> uh, um, so you, you're not a Warcraft person at all. I played like the RTSs back in the day. Like I like to click on that dude yep. until he like gets pissed off on you. Like I was pissed off at you. Like I was I was all into that. Don't get me wrong, that was great. But um, like I'd never I've never played World of Warcraft, and I don't like. I just have never picked up the game. So. Yeah, I'm the same kind of boat. I really like the old strategy games, but yeah, never played World of Warcraft. Uh, I got free tickets to it. Um, a friend of ours works for like a radio station company. And they get like promotional tickets all the time, so that's probably the reason I went. <laughs> um, and maybe because I didn't pay for it, I had no skin in the game. But I, I, I thought it was actually quite good. Um, maybe because I was hearing there was bad reviews, I had no expectations. But yeah, I thought it was as as game movies go, it would probably be up there with the best around, which is not super hard. Well, and before uh, before we get to like, what is what is, in your mind? What is the best game movie? Because <laughs> I got it. Like, is it this Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm just trying to think. Um, Chronicles of Riddick, probably, maybe. I don't know. Oh no, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. But was that wasn't that a comic first or something? Isn't there other oh, history yeah, to that? I, I don't know the lore of the Riddick series very much. Come on. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like what other ga- what other game movies are there? There's Doom, there's Resident Evil, there's uh, uh, the Resident Evil ones. I don't mind. It's just an action movie. They're not really, yeah. Production value. They're probably they're probably the best. I'd say the Resident Evil ones. The re- other game movies tend to be really low production value and terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say Resident Evil movies would be there somewhere at the top. Okay. Um, and I would say this is getting up there. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts since you've seen it? 
Um, so my background with it is I've played a little bit of the RTS and I played a little bit of uh, World of Warcraft. I never got like, you know, end game, whatever, but I, I tried it like two or three times, you know, I'd play it for, you know, a month or two, you know, and then I kind of lose it cause it's kind of a boring game. But, um, <laughs> so as far as the movie goes, so I don't know the lore and, um, as someone who really likes lore, there was maybe some interesting lore. I, it's it's one of those things where, like, I think I don't, it's tough to say. Like, I have to say that that main guy who's in that Vikings TV show, I hate that yeah. actor. He's a terrible right. garbage actor, <laughs> and and um, I hate everything he's in. <laughs> he's oh, kind of really like Vikings. Uh, I I like Vikings, but he makes sense because he's like this. He's like this kind of. I always assume he's kind of drunk in the show. So for his character. I'm like, okay, he's just kind of drunk, and that's why it seems like he's not all there. But in this movie where he's like, like, uh, I can't remember what he is, like, prince dude or whatever, he's just like this, like, kind of idiot who always looks like he's, like, half, like, baked or something. I just, I can't stand that actor in the role because it's, I was curious to see if he would shed that sort of personality, but he's, like, just playing the same character, but I don't think the characters are really the same personality so that that was one strike against it and <laughs> i th- i thought that the uh it's kind of like transformers where you wish the humans would go away like i thought the orcs looked awesome and the like the voice acting was pretty decent and but every time there was like a real flesh and blood person i wanted that part to stop you know so i just i wanted like a, a two-hour a two-hour cut scene or something you know i just i couldn't it just the the plot line was kind of weird and i didn't know what was going on i hear a lot of people like it if they know the lore but for me i was just kind of not sure what was going on and then the acting by any actual people was pretty garbage so <laughs> um yeah I, I can see what you're saying um i've heard a lot of comments um people saying that it should just be all cg mm-hmm. um, or motion capture um and i can kind of see that because at times it did look a bit odd um visually it was quite quite impressive um mm, as you say yeah. the orcs were fantastic um yeah. see i i really really like um ragnar losbrock and vikings and so i kind of just i i rose tinted glasses and so i just ignored <laughs> it but i know what you mean the acting wasn't on too great the lead female half orc mm. she I, it didn't feel right to start off with but i think she grew into a character by the end of the movie um yeah she was all right yeah um yeah, I, I think it was a good movie. Um, I, I, I same as you. I felt that I needed to know more about the law. So the first half of me, I was thinking, I know a little bit, but I don't know enough, and I feel like I'm out of place. Mm-hmm. But I talked talk to my wife afterwards, who knows nothing about Warcraft, like zilch, and she's like, "Oh, it's great." It's just she didn't, <laughs> it, it didn't bother her. Whereas I think because I knew a little bit, it was bothering me because I was trying to piece together what I did know. Um, and so my mind was thinking too hard yeah. <laughs> where she just sat back and, back and enjoyed it and it was just simple fun Desiree um, sounds way cooler than you Vader yeah, she, is. <laughs> she is you're just saying that you get on her good books because she's always ripping you on Twitter that's true that's true I know she listens <laughs> I'm going to start dropping Desiree specific jokes from now on <laughs> um, I think it's, so, it's so funny I'll just get like this pop up message at, like, at work or on Twitter and it's just like yep Tears is listening to the podcast. Um, yeah, it's funny. But, but um, all in all, I think it was a good entertainment, and yeah. I really hope that they do a sequel because it's obviously set up for one. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny because 
I've had the I've had the topic of fan service on my mind quite a bit because it's the culture we live in right now. And um, I was like, I was actually thinking the movie could have like, I don't know if I respect them for really choosing a storyline or think that it, I I just kind of wish like there was the thing with the the was the Morlock or whatever that little thing and I liked that because I remember that from the game. So hearing that little noise and him fishing was like this nice nod, but. For someone who doesn't know the lore, I didn't get too many nods of what I know of Warcraft. And I'm sure it would make a shallower experience. But I think I may have enjoyed it if they chose a less... I don't know, if they just had to maybe not gone with the story they chose to go with because it was so separated from what I understood about the world just as someone who's casually engaged with it. So I can't decide that if that's a good or a bad thing because I guess yep. I'd hate for a studio to pander to a bunch of people who don't really know what's going on. But yeah, it. I felt kind of lost in, in a similar note. My my wife, who actually probably knows a little bit more of the lore than I do, she was she was pretty into it. She had she knew the story, and she was pretty satisfied. So it must be what you were saying, where we have this weird we know enough to confuse us sort yeah. of scenario. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it'd be nice to see a bit more of the world and it does it does seem like they were trying to strike for like that balance between mm-hmm. hardcore and nobody and they might have missed missed it a little mm-hmm. bit um but i definitely want to see more um and i've heard review a reviewer say it's it's a great prequel to a movie we'll never see um yeah. and i really <laughs> hope that's not the case um i really hope that they it did and from what i hear the box office did really well enough people still supported it so financially Mm-hmm. Apparently it um, was it'd be nice um, to see more. It was very successful in the eastern market. Like Japan ate this shit up, but uh, like in the western market, like it, it didn't it didn't do so well in the theaters. So it'll be interesting to see if they get that dude back. Um, <clears throat> why can't I remember his name? The guy that directed Moon and like to um, to be able to direct this movie, the sequel to it. So I don't know. I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll watch it one like hungover Sunday morning sometime. <laughs> I'm probably not going to go to the theater to see it. That's for sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's a, it a good, fun movie. Um, the moving right along something back into more straight gaming, No Man's Sky has gone gold. Woo-hoo. Yay! Um, and uh, there's a hilarious selfie picture of the whole <laughs> de- develop team that I have in the show notes. Um, <laughs> Holding yeah, up the, if you Google the, No Man's Sky Gold, like you, you've seen this picture because I saw this picture of a bunch on Twitter over the over this yeah. week. So I'm glad that this game finally. Did you hear that they were had like a weird lawsuit going, um, and that's the reason that for some of the delays. No, I haven't heard that. So apparently, um, Sky, the British broadcasting channel, um, I just actually said BBC, but Sky is a channel in the United Kingdom. Um, they are very aggressive about protecting their trademarks. So whenever someone comes out with any product related to Sky, like they'll uh, they'll go after them. So like Microsoft OneDrive used to be, I think, SkyDrive, and Sky came in and was like, "Hey, you can't call it that because we own the word Sky." And Microsoft was like, "I don't fuck, I don't fucking care. Change it to OneDrive. Who cares?" But um, yeah. apparently, these it's guys at the game, it's it's real dumb. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> But these guys kind of fought it off for a couple of years and was and, and finally and were, were able to hang on to the name No Man's Sky. So good for them. Yeah, jeez. I'm looking, so I'm looking forward to that game a lot. So yeah, um, same. Um, that, that's just dumb because it's not even related to yeah to to the same medium, really, is it? Like it's they don't own Sky. <laughs> you don't own the Sky. It's No Man's Sky. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's no man's man. sky. Like it's a totally different sky than we are what you guys have. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally no man's man sky. <laughs> yeah. The Sky TV channel is owned by the man. This is owned by no man. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so it's exciting that we're, we're getting released. Was it August that it was going to drop? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, That's what they're saying. In yeah, which is a real kind of bummer for me because I, I, I was totally fine with the delay. I actually, I, you know, I had joined the uh, subreddit for No Man's Sky approaching release because I was kind of excited. And the community there wasn't exactly my flavor of, like, it's hit and miss on Reddit if you kind of click with the community. And that was not a click situation for me. And as soon as it got delayed, I just unsubbed. And I was like, oh, I'm going to forget this game exists or else I'm going to hate it because I'm going to be thinking about all these jerks. So, uh, so I'm, but it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm in the process of closing on a condo and I'll be closing at the end of August. So the the one bummer is that I'll probably have to wait until after to really dive into it, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll live up to everyone's expectations because this might be like the game with one of the largest expectations put behind it that I've seen in recent years, but I think it'll be fun hopping from planet to planet for a while. So Yeah. That's what that's my worry is that people got so much expectation for it and have imagined what they want it to be, and it just may not yeah. be that. Uh, still, maybe a yeah. cracker of a game, but not what people yeah. expect. Yeah, I've seen some pretty intense things. Like they're like, "Oh, do you think planets will collide with each other?" And it's just like, why? Why would they program that? Like, no one. If if they do collide with each other, you know, like people take this idea of it being a uh, procedurally generated game and they just go wild with this concept as if procedural generation is magic. Really, it's just <laughs> gigantic iterations. So. Yeah, it's, it's a set formula put in place. Yeah. And... yeah. They're not going to make planets um, crash into each other. <laughs> God, how cool would it be if planets crashed into each other, though? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, No Man's Sky 2. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. They'll they'll kick it off, they'll launch it, and then there'll be a glitch, and all planets will just aim for each other, and the game will be over. Like the, the whole universe will destroy itself. <laughs> um, but yeah, super exciting about that one. Um, it seems quite a quick turnaround because we were in July to get all the physical units printed and stuff and sent. That seems pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, but exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, so move on to any other news? Anything else surprising anybody? That's all I got. What do you uh, got? Um, this post E3 yeah. like doldrums basically. <laughs> Nobody was to <certainly laughs> yeah. really announce anything. I did see that uh, mm-hmm. PS4 uh, VR games are up on Amazon for pre-order and in Best Buy. So nice. It's kind of interesting. That Batman game that they talked about is like twenty dollars, which makes me think it's going to be a piece of crap. So. Way to go. Well, well, that, that's an interesting thing. Though. Sony have said they've got 50 games that are going to be coming out from release until like early 2017. I think a lot of them are more experiences. They're supposed to be just teasing and fleshing out the idea. And, and I'm okay with just a few experiences because sometimes that's all you need with something VR. Mm-hmm. But I do hope there's some big full-on games. And we do. We've got Resident Evil coming out. You said 2020. Isn't that coming out? Isn't it actually already scheduled for next year? Dude, I don't know. I was just making updates, but like any, like I said this on the last episode, like all of that stuff that Sony showed, like might as well be coming out like in twenty one hundred AD. Like I just like, <laughs> release dates or get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I get you. Um, oh, that's speaking of VR. Actually, funny. Um, we went to a local um, gadgets shop 
electronics store computer shop last week with the kids because they had a big sale and they had the VR well, the gear, the Samsung. <laughs> so funny. My daughter just insisted on, she's just hogging it. Anybody else was trying to try it and she was just hogging it and she's like tiny and she just kept walking into things. It was really funny. <laughs> like, and she just loved it and it was just like real simple, you know, the cell phone VR. So I'm, re- I'm actually really keen to get PlayStation VR and stick it on the kids and just watch them <laughs> and laugh at them. <laughs> Do you have I'm yours uh, pre-ordered? Like, are you, no, are, are, you def- are you definitely getting it? Because I know like your exchange rates down there are fucking insane. So like it's going to be like a hopefully you can mortgage your house and you know borrow some money from dad <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I need a new phone. My iPhone's dying, and it's like looking at it. And like I can, you can get iPhones like can't, you know, just buy it without on a plan in the states for like three hundred dollars cheaper than you can get here. Jeez, and they're not cheap out of a plan here. Like they all start about five six hundred dollars. So like if that's. Whew. <laughs> yeah, that's nah, it's it's pricey here. Um, starting iPhone 6s is like 1400 New Zealand dollars. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> um, which is like maybe 12 set to 1100 1150 New Zealand or something. Uh, American. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, but that's no, yeah, so I'm pretty keen on the VR. I'm pretty excited about it. It looks like it'll be pretty cool. Cool. Um, well, let's talk some video it, games. Yeah. Sean, what have you been playing? Well, I've been uh, pretty busy, but I've played a few things. And the first one is I'm, I'm going to take us back a few years, but not as many <laughs> years as I originally thought because I played a, I had a, I had a buddy come over and he, uh, he, he brought over a game and uh, it was Lord of the Rings Conquest, which I hadn't played before. He told me, oh, they made a... Uh, it was like a Battlefront game for Lord of the Rings. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised I've never heard of this. And after <laughs> playing it, I know why I haven't heard of it. Because the game sucks real bad. It's um, So the one the one positive, and I, I guess I've been a little negative today, but the one positive, I'll give it right up front, is that it's fun playing games with other people, and it's even better if you can play it locally together. Yeah. So it was fun hanging out with my friend, you know, with a few free hours. But we could have played practically any other game, and it would have been better because <laughs> it's the most garbagey game. I was it, it looks muddy as hell. It plays terribly, and I was I was sort of I was really we were sort of making fun of it. And I was like, oh well, I don't know how much fun I should make fun of it. Just that the combat's bad, and the graphics are horrible, and the plot doesn't make any sense. Which is weird because it has a whole series of books to help it make sense, but it still can't <laughs> manage to make sense. But so I looked at what year it was made afterward because I was like, uh, it's probably old. It came out in 2009, which isn't super new. But so Demon instantly Soul. I was like, yeah, I was like Demon Souls came out the same year as this piece of trash. And it just, it blew me away because like Demon Souls looks a thousand times better than this game. And the Souls games have never even been known to look particularly nice from a graphics standpoint, like good art direction, whatever. But this game, I could swear it was like an xbox or a ps2 game it's just mind-boggling how just muddy and low res everything was but it's just this like it's kind of like battlefront where you have your classes and they all kind of play the same except for this little gimmick that hardly works and there's one that is pretty much a sorcerer the whole time because they're overpowered 
and you're just trying to capture checkpoints. So, um, have either of you played this? <laughs> I was think I was thinking that I had it first because uh, on the search for co-op games to play with my wife, we came across uh, a game that was in the Two Towers vein. It was a split screen, and it was like a third-person mm-hmm. action adventure game. But I don't think like it was like a battlefield game. This was like I had a story and like a single-player thing that like. Yeah, it's War of the North. It, like, it had like a campaign. War of the North might be it. Yeah, yeah, like where you yeah. were like fighting people. But that game was garbage too, so we didn't get very far. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, that was yeah. free on PlayStation Plus uh, a while back, and I remember playing it. And I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, mm. and thinking that the yeah, it was just it was just boring. It was just hack and slash. It's probably similar to Eric, to be honest. Mm. Probably kind of the same time. Hmm. That's why Shadows of Mordor was such a surprise because I haven't played a good Lord of the Rings game. And when I heard about it, I was like, Man, it's Lord of the Rings. Like a Japanese friend of mine was like, he's re- he said he's real excited about it. He's like looking forward to it. And I was like, it's a it's a tie-in. It's a it's a licensed game. It's going to be crap. <laughs> it was like the best game of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not surprising that Pandemic went out because they made this game. <laughs> I imagine it, it had to have been a large part because. I, I have really fond memories of the Star Wars games, so when it was pitched to me, especially with um, the current Battlefront being a bit disappointing, because I, I liked the pre-made classes of Battlefront, and uh, I was bummed when the new Star Wars Battlefront didn't bring that back. So I was excited to do a medieval version, but it was it was just not well implemented at all. It was definitely a little bit of a quick turnaround cash in, I assume. Yeah, they seem to be that, don't they, with all of these licensed games. Guaranteed yeah, so, money. Yeah, so that was that was one bad game I played, and then uh, I guess more recently I've uh, I got Pokemon Go. Yeah, which uh, which is is fun. It's the mechanics of throwing the Pokeball. I don't really understand. It seems random to me, essentially, where my Pokeball is going. But it's it's in it's fun when it works. My wife, she she's very excited about it also. She hasn't gotten it to work on her phone since launch day and mine will only sporadically work, but it's it's kind of fun to just like if for me at least I'm walking around my apartment waiting for a Pokemon to pop up and usually I go into my bedroom and there's a bug in there and I'll catch it, so but, Yeah, it's it's I I've got it as well. I've got it as well. I've been waiting to it. Um I got it right on release. Jeremy, you actually told me about it, didn't you? you what? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jerry. <laughs> well, that'll be the that'll be the show art. <laughs> I, was, I saw. Um, uh, I was waiting for this earlier, just to explain to the audience. Uh, Lobos retweeted a picture from what looks like Tumblr, and it's of a stripper on a pole, and it's not like not safe for work or anything. But uh, it's got the little Pokemon in the middle of it, and the caption is "When you're at the strip club, but Pokemon Go is life." <laughs> so this, somebody capturing Pokemon at the strip club is a very funny thing to me. <laughs> that is pretty funny, and it's got a little uh, Spiro sitting on her thigh. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thigh. <laughs> okay, the ass, <laughs> side thigh, side thigh. I'll, del- I'll, I'll delete that before your wife comes back in. Sorry. <laughs> the hell are you? What kind of podcast are you recording in here? <laughs> I'm um, sorry, I totally interrupted you. What were you saying? Oh, <laughs> uh, you're all good. That was funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it has been quite spotty, the, the um, consistency of the servers. And hopefully it's just teething issues. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Like, um, it, man, it's just taken over. Like, everybody is walking around. Like, I, I worked late <laughs> the other day, working until, like, 9 o'clock at night. And I was driving home. And there's just this, like, young couple just, like, like 
standing on the side of the street with their phones out and it's got that bright green blue glow it's like they're playing pokemon go <laughs> it's like 9 30 at night like um and it's just yes yeah, it's funny it's like and i've other people like friends have gone to america they've they've gone out and the servers have been down been wandering around and he like he's commenting on this forum and it's like that it's um can't get the stupid thing to work but he's met five other trainers like pokemon trainers have walked up to him you can't get it to work either can you like nah <laughs> so it's like nintendo's making people meet in real life because of their servers. <laughs> like they're bringing the world together it's great um but um, I wish I, the things I wish about it were that that the augmented reality was a bit more uh, integral to the game. Like yeah. right now, like the Pokemon appear on the map, you tap it, and then it goes to just the camera. And mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they're just right in front of you. Yep. Uh, I'd prefer if that it would you'd get a notification saying there's a Pokemon nearby. You hit a button that takes its augmented reality, and then you have to look for the Pokemon that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it feels very like you could take away the background because it's it's just basically like a paper. Because like yeah, I've seen the Pokemon and there there's I mean unless you're spinning around yeah the Pokemon's usually right in front of you and it's not too hard to find them. So I agree. I wish it was more like a notification, like a push notification or something. It says like there's a Pokemon and they just got rid of the map a little bit or at least toned down its importance in the game. Yeah. Um... And maybe because there's the wristband coming, the Pokemon Go mm. Bluetooth adapter, which I really want because mm. I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> and that that may they may update it because I've heard they're bringing in updates, the staggering updates. So there'll be like friends lists and trades potentially in the future. Oh, that would be. But good. I may be talking through a hole in the side of my head. That that would be uh, really nice though because I'm surprised there's not more of a because it's interesting thinking about it as. Like, if you really like the Pokemon games, it doesn't play like Pokemon at all, which I wouldn't expect you to be able to battle, but, like, the the process of catching Pokemon is sort of a fun novelty, so I'm surprised if they were going to strip it of the battle mechanics as much, if they were going to tone all that stuff down, that they wouldn't sort of double up on the social media aspect and, yeah. like, put in much more, like, friends lists and all, like, oh, trainers near you and, like, just stuff like that. Just yeah, It seems like... It seems like I'm okay with it not really being like Pokemon and just sort of cashing in on that nostalgia of catching Pokemon because it's a pretty cool concept. But yeah, make it more about actually wandering out in the world and then be able to like post pictures. Like it's funny that they have this whole like they had like Mitomo where there's one idea of how to like do a social media. Uh, it's sort of be nice if they tried to you know another go at the social media idea, but do it around Pokemon. Yeah, um, I guess they're doing the actual real socialness because you bump into people going around playing the game. <laughs> Not out here in Vermont. There's like uh, <laughs> we have a square per capita people. I, I haven't I haven't had the chance to see anyone. I also haven't walked into a city. So for me, I'm walking around my weird apartment complex, looking like a weirdo, like walking past people's windows trying to find like a <laughs> pidgey or something. Um, Why do you have your phone up to my bedroom window, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> There's something in there I want. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, see, I've, I've heard. I've, uh, I've run up. Oh, sorry. Go. Uh, Peef Peverson, the guy that li- the Dark Souls mm-hmm. streamer, um, he lives yeah. in my town, and he was tweeting out. Him and one of his buddies got real into it, and they were cruising around downtown chasing down Pokemon, and apparently ran into a bar. <laughs> 
that was uh, giving out free beers <laughs> if he came in to capture a Pokemon, <laughs> which was literally the first time I was tempted to download this thing at all. And then I realized I have beers in my refrigerator. I don't need to go downtown to get some. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I thought that was cool, like actually making a social aspect to it. I'll, I'll be honest, everything I've seen of this game looks like I don't want to play it at all, but I'm glad That's people are getting enough. a kick out of it. So. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun, and it's it's cool to hear out in bars like that doing that. There's been a lot of um, uh, news articles popping up around this area because I think New Zealand got it slightly before the states. Hmm. I think we were like a rollout test country or something. Yeah, it got because um, I think like, the way that, that rolls out that they were going to release it on a certain date, and since New Zealand is in the future from everybody else, like you guys get it first. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand, Australia were first or something, but um, like there's a, a police station in Australia who have like done it like a public a release saying please do not come into the police station looking for to pick up items <laughs> the, the police station is is a um is an item drop-off point <laughs> um luckily enough my uh work um the company i work for phil and ted's we have a, a slide and that's actually a jo- uh, item drop-off point oh. so if, even if i can't get pokemon i can sit there collecting pokeballs every five minutes <laughs> throughout the day oh, which is that's, that's which is nice. very yeah, yeah which my- is very handy yeah, my closest one's a graveyard, so it's a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> Get some ghost Pokemon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the downside is I've ran out of data for my on my phone, and so I've, I can't I can't go out adventuring. Like, there's like a gym literally a block away, two gyms block away from my work, <laughs> and my Pokemon are tougher than the po- Pokemon that are holding those gyms. But I can't. The Wi-Fi doesn't reach that far <laughs> to, to get there to, to challenge them. So I've been sitting there all day Friday wanting to challenge these these gyms, uh, but can't. Monday rolls over Monday, getting you another gig on Monday. <laughs> It'll be gone by Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've evolved a few Pokemon and whatnot. Sure, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Try it, Jeremy. <laughs> I just can't get excited about Pokemon. <laughs> I just don't have it in me. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's funny. Sorry, Sean, continue. What else have you been playing? Um, so uh, I'll hop sort of sideways to a, a board game because I know you guys occasionally talk about a board game. And uh, so I don't know if um, if either have heard about this. It's a board game called Friday, and it's actually just a card game and uh the appeal of it for me is that it's a uh, it's a solo game so i can just i can just you know play it for a half hour by myself and um it's about it's uh the theme is uh robinson crusoe and you're friday trying to help robinson crusoe survive and um <clears throat> what you do is basically it's a deck building game where the, you'll draw a card for this encounter like animals or you'll need to go to your boat or something and you you'll draw two of these encounters and you get to choose one and then in order to pass the encounter you need to beat a certain number so then you have this deck that represents your your Robinson Crusoe's survival skills and you'll draw cards and you'll try to beat that number in the number of cards so it it the thing that's cool about it is that it has this nice aspect where it kind of makes you feel like you're surviving because you can draw more cards to try to beat an encounter, but you have to pay health points to draw more cards. So it's this, it really gets the theme of like surviving and like getting better skills out through this pretty abstract, like 
solo deck building game. So it's it's a fun way to spend like 20 minutes or a half hour just playing. And it's sort of like beating your own personal score. And um, just, uh, you know, it's it's a... I haven't been interested in many solo games, but it provides enough of like an incentive and it gives enough like sort of tension and decision making that it's kind of interesting to play through. So that's a, that's been a fun one I've been able to play by myself with a little bit of spare time. It's getting you ready for solo Dark Souls, the board game. Exactly. Yeah, that's about the only way I'll be playing. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's so been a you, cool one. Yeah. Did you pre-order the Kickstarter, the Dark Souls board game then? Uh, yes. Yes, I, I have that in... Um, Hopefully, yeah. I, I can't even remember what's coming out. I, I, it's funny with Kickstarter, which I used to be like uh, big into doing that, as I got burned a couple times or was dissatisfied. So now at this point, when I do one, I kind of f- immediately forget that it exists right after. So <laughs> low <Lowly laughs> so, expectations. Yeah, it's, it's better to just forget that it's a thing, or else I'll, I can't even remember. Whenever it comes out next year, I'll start getting antsy if I actually look at the dates again. But. So, Fair enough. Yeah. I'm sorry to bring yeah. it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's that's been the only other thing I've been playing because um, otherwise, as I said before, I so this fall I'm acquiring a condo and I'm acquiring another child. So those are Ooh. sort of looming large in my world, as you would kind of hope. <laughs> you realize you can't buy and sell children in the United States, right? <laughs> the way you said that made it sound shady as hell. <laughs> yeah, Walmart, man. Walmart sells everything. Walmart does not sell babies. I don't know who told you that. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's, it's been this uh, sort of running joke on my Twitter about acquisition game and how much it sucks because it's a really boring and grindy game that requires signatures and paperwork but um the grind is real yeah it's not so much a game as it's a uh, it's more of maybe a question out to uh listeners and yourselves just like so i i end up having an hour or two free every few days because otherwise i'm packing up or getting stuff ready for a kid you know like i have just a thousand things i could be doing with my free time that aren't so much fun. So when I have an hour or two to do something fun, it's been, it's been tough to uh, find a game. So I'm just uh, I'm looking for suggestions for games that are good to play with just an hour or two, you know, a free time every few days where there's some form of progression, but it's nothing where like, so I've, I've, I've tried to play the Witcher for like the 15th time and I just can't play that game because at least right now, because it's just so difficult for me to uh, get into it when I have like an hour and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard this. So I just, and by the time I get back to it, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I waste a half hour just trying to remember what's going on. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm open to suggestions uh, from you guys or from anyone like, what what do you do if you only have an hour or two? What sort of are go-to games for you? I've got a, I've actually got a really good suggestion and um, I'm just, checking right now to see if it's still on sale because the the mid years PlayStation 4 sale was going on and I got it for like $2. Um oh, wow. but there's a game called Super Motherload. And okay. um it's a it's one of those like digging games. So like you have a little mm. drill dude you're digging into the rock and you're finding minerals and you're um, taking those minerals back to the top of the planet to sell them, to refuel and then to upgrade your ship and then repair your ship. 
and there's like a steady progression of you upgrading your, your drill, you upgrading more items, you're getting deeper and deeper, and you're finding like way stations so you don't have to go all the way back up to the top anymore, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'd, I've only played it for a couple of hours, but it's a really good like uh, zone out. Like I'm gonna play for a little while and then can cut it off. Like there's there's some plot elements. Like you know people will come up and like they ruined our air supply, but like you're not actually having to like follow quests or anything. It just kind of happens okay. on its own. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out if it's still on still on sale. Um, and I've already purchased it, so it's not telling me what price it is. Awesome. <laughs> it was on sale for like a couple of bucks, and I, I would highly recommend it. So Okay, cool. Nice. I guess uh, things like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Into the Gungeon or something like that? Would that be up your alley? Uh, yeah, it might. I've played a little bit of uh, Binding of Vibe, Binding, but my, yeah. my wife hates the theme so much. That I and I'll often bring it out for fear of, uh, especially when she's pregnant. It's just not a great. Yeah, I would imagine. Game. Yeah, that's not a. Enter the Gungeon would be a little bit better, like because everything is just a bullet in that game. It's way cooler. So okay. Yeah. Um, wow, it's weird. You really just can't see a price on these games. This is insane. Yeah, I've had that problem before. What a joke. It's good though. I would check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of more roguelikes. Uh, so mm. there was Bonded of Isaac, and then there was uh, Enter the Gungeon. It seemed like there was one more that I owned too that was kind of similar to that, but I can't remember the name of it now. Cool. Okay. Tabletop Racer, it's free. <laughs> Anything from PlayStation Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, I just I just downloaded Fury, so I, I don't know if it'll fit the bill, but it looked kind of interesting. So, well, I can I can jump us into some Fury talk because uh, <laughs> nice. I played that nice. uh, today, and I have things to say about that game. Um, say them away. First off, that's, <laughs> the soundtrack to this game is amazing. An invader as a as a music connoisseur, as someone who I know is very music <laughs> is very dear to your heart. I know that you would appreciate this more than any of us. The music is super great uh, right off the bat, but the gameplay itself is really interesting. So it's a, um, it seems to be, and I've only got to like two levels, quote unquote, and the levels are just you fighting one person and um, you can, you have a strike, uh, you have a shoot, uh, so you strike with the square button, you shoot with the right stick, like it was kind of a uh, Twin twin stick shooter, you have a charge slash, you have a charge shoot, and then you have a parry. And um, what will happen is, like, the boss has, say, seven squares of, like, health, basically. And then he has a bar. So you work the boss down, the boss's health down, the health bar down. And then once you finally deplete it, it'll uh, take off one square. And at that point, your health is, is filled up. Uh, and then um, the boss goes to its next phase, which is slightly more difficult. And he has different patterns. So... Like, the very first boss is, like, this dude with a stick, and he's, like, shooting at you, and you can shoot his bullets, and then you can... Oh, you also have a dodge button, so you can dodge through. 
Uh, and it's all about learning the boss's like combat patterns and learning when to parry, learning, learning when to shoot, learning when you have time to do a charge slash attack, which does a lot of damage. And um, the, it's really cool. Like I, I, everyone's always going to say, like it feels like Dark Souls, and it doesn't feel like Dark Souls <laughs> at all. Like, but there is there is, a, there is a there is a there is like a, a parry functionality. So like you know you can continually parry. Sometimes, excuse me, I don't know why I'm hiccuping. Um, you can continually parry. And then uh, the art style itself looks super cool. Like, it's this weird neon aesthetic that I kind of mm. dig. Uh, and <laughs> during the cutscenes, I saw some, like, V-Sync issues where, like, you can see some screen tearing, which is kind of lame. Mm. But uh, otherwise, it looked pretty cool. It was, Ooh, and it played nice. really well. And it's free, so, like, definitely go, like, play that. Unfortunately, like, Sean, you, like, you were talking about, like, a pick-up and play. Like, if you had an actual hour, I would say you could do that. Mm. Because okay. every phase of the boss was taking me anywhere from, like, two to five minutes. And okay. like the second boss has six phases, so you know like yeah. that could conceivably be a thirty-minute fight. And my frustration yeah. with the game is like the boss has like those six squares that you have to get down. You have three, so let's say that you're in like the third phase of the boss, and like you almost have them down to you can go to the fourth phase, and then they kill you. Well, you lose mm-hmm. one square, and then they go all the way. Their health refills all the way up, so you have to go through that Ugh. motion now. And so what happened to me is I was on the last phase of a boss and I lost all of my squares of health and I just had to start from the beginning again, which is like, that was like 30 minutes of progress that I felt like, oh, I guess I'll just have to do all of that over again. Um, and, yeah. it's de- and it's definitely yes. one of those things where like, it's, was my, it wasn't unfair. It's my skill. Like, right. Like I just didn't, I wasn't playing the game well enough. Um, and then that thing that always happens where you do really good. And then the second time, like you die on the first phase absolutely happened to me. So I was like, well, fuck this game. I don't ever want to play it again. Um, but it is good. Like it is good. I just took a quick, like five minute break and came back to it and sat down and like continued playing. So <clears throat> it might work for you. It, it might not. I don't know if it's a real good, like pick up okay. and play game. Like it's one that you kind of have to focus on what you're doing. Whereas like super mother loot is definitely like a having on in the background. And like, I'm just drilling some shit. Why, you know, like, like right. you, that could be a good portable game too. So Okay. Nice. Yeah, that's that's the problem I've heard with Fury is that it's 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 you lose progress, not lose progress, but yeah, you, you can fight a boss for twenty minutes to die, and you just got to start again. It's like, yeah, hmm. I guess that could be quite frustrating. Hmm. Not respectful of your time. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like uh, you know someone in the Duck Feet's like likened it to like a um like a rhythm game or like a Dance Dance hmm. Revolution okay. game where you could lose at the very last second and but the like the skill level that you obtain from playing the first three and a half minutes of the song is what will get you there the next time so it's 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 a skill based game and it's not quite totally disrespectful because it does have those checkpoints like if you die like okay. it gives you three quote unquote deaths and I'm sure at some point I'll be able to upgrade that three to like four or whatever um, and I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of that stuff but I, it is it just can be frustrating like if you get close and then you lose yeah. like it's one of those things where like ah like like cliff just wants to throw his <laughs> smash his controller so because <laughs> that's the thing it's um it's just a boss rush game isn't it there's no actual levels the boss is the level yeah pretty much from what i've seen and i've only played two levels yeah um, um yeah interesting I, I i like the look of it what put me puts me off is that people have said it's a, like a rhythm game <laughs> Like a like a what game? A rhythm game, because <laughs> I've heard that before, not oh. just from you just now. I mean, <laughs> in some cases, like when you get to the the later phases of a boss and he's doing a melee hit, like he'll do like a four hit combo, and you can dodge it out of the way. You can dodge out of the way, no problem, and he won't even come close to you. But like if you're if you're low on health, you want to try to parry those so you get a little bits of health back. And in that case, it's like a 
one parry, 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 parry. Like, you have to learn that timing. Um, but otherwise, it's kind of just dodging shit and attacking when you okay. get visual cues to attack. Or audio cues okay. to parry. So. I can dodge stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. It actually, <laughs> this... it kind of reminded me of Neo in a weir- weird way. Except, like, I actually enjoyed playing this and I didn't feel like it was a garbage fire. So, Man, there's my recommendation. Neo. <laughs> Neo was awesome. Neo was good. Sure. Okay. Um, and then i've also been playing uh this was another game i picked up that was on sale uh by the way there's a i don't know if it's still going i think it is uh there's a like a ps4 ps3 sony mid-summer sale i don't know if you have this in your area vader but for us u.s people like there were some insanely good deals like you could get uh doom for 35 dollars and it's you know still 60 dollars in the store um yeah, there's there's still stuff going, so uh, definitely go check those stuff out. But I bought uh, the Swindle, which was a game I had my eyes on way back when it came out, but it was like fifteen dollars, and I, as we talked about earlier, there was no demo, so I was like, fuck that, I can watch it. Uh, but for two dollars, I'll take a risk on it, and uh, this is a kind of like a, it's kind of like a stealth game where you play a dude who's breaking into banks and residences to steal a bunch of money and stuff. Um, it's a two D perspective and um like in the banks or residences or whatever like there's these guards on patrol that have like icon sites rhythms not rhythms icons that you know they can't see you and you have a set of tools like you can hack computers you can hack security systems there's a whole upgrade tree to let you hack stuff easier all that stuff um and it's kind of interesting and if you if you I'll go watch a video, and if the video appeals to you at all, like I said, two or three bucks, it's pretty much worth it. But I, I've had a, a, I've had two or three dollars worth of fun with it already, and I'll definitely go back to it. Have either one of you yeah. played or heard of this game? No, <laughs> no, excellent. It's okay, 20, it's twenty four dollars here. I would not pay twenty four dollars for the swindle. So, <sighs> yep, and that's the special offer. Wow, yeah. Um, and that's, but that sounds um, interesting. Sounds and then, um, other, other than that, I've continued to try to plug away at The Witcher, which you know is like the never-ending game of 2016, I think. <laughs> I'll just always be playing The Witcher for the rest of my life. Never-ending story. And then, um, I don't know, Vader, do we want to save Oxenfree for when Cliff is here, like the next time we, we record? Because I feel like he was such a big proponent of this game that um, I want to say, and I haven't finished it yet, I kind of want to save my thoughts until Cliff gets here, but what do you think? Um, yeah, we can talk a bit more about when he's back. Have you played um, Oxen Free, Sean? I, I haven't. I was actually just listening to your uh, most recent episode this week, and I Cliff got me on the hype train for that. So I, I, would, I was following that to see if, if I, uh, I'm going to pick it up, hopefully if the price drops a little bit in the future. So Nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, we won't say too much things. We don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> That, but, um, that was the other reason the down- I was thinking we should we should save it for next week. So. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is that um, I I play it off Clifford's account because I've got access to it. Um, and even though I started a new game, it remembers the history of plays. And so I played the game, not a broken state, but a a more complete state. And mm. so I didn't have the full experience. So unlike Cliff, I enjoyed it, but I had no desire to go back. And it's because I think I ruined it for myself. By playing it on Cliff's account, so um, yeah. Cool. Anything else, Jeremy? What that's else it you for, That's it for me. I want to know where you are at the Witcher, though. Quickly tell us where you are. Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, like I'm still so <laughs> early in that game. Like I, I just, 
I uh, what was the most recent thing I did? I went to a uh, masquerade thing ball to like. Uh, I don't oh, know. you are quite early. And and like this dude needed to to get out of town or something because he was a, a wizard, and so me and my um, hottie <laughs> little girlfriend went in there and, and took care of that. And like, I don't know there were fireworks, which were cool. Like, I don't know. I just I get like I boot that game up, and I just I'm physically unable to progress the story. Like all I do is like, oh look, <laughs> there's a guy that needs this thing saved. Okay, let's go do that. <laughs> I just. <clears throat> Yep, that's why that's why Sean's had such a hard time. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I made a big mistake, which was I decided to start. I I played through previously, like a while back when it first came out. I played through the like tutorial zone, and uh, I made the mistake of just starting a new character. And I just can't find enough time to get off that goddamn tutorial island because I'm like, I don't want to spend an hour of this free time I won't have for a few days playing through something I've already done. And for whatever reason, I just scrapped all the files and stuff previously. So I I just need to get over that hump. And maybe if if I can get into a rhythm, I can actually play through a mission here or there. But until I get over that, I made the mistake of... uh, making myself do something redundant, which no one wants to do when they're tired and have an hour. Yep. That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, are we up to, it's my turn to talk about what I've been playing. Vader, tell us what you've been playing. Uh, we'll scrap, we'll talk about Pokemon Go. Oxen Free is out. Um, I picked up Star Wars Lego to play with my son. Oh, yeah. And we got it on release and we got ourselves a little Star Destroyer mini set figure. Which is really cute, and a thin uh, minifigure person um, with our bundle. But yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's it's Lego game. They're all very similar. This is probably the I haven't played the Avengers one, the more recent Avengers. So though I don't know if this is um, a follow-on from that. But mechanically, it's still the same. But it's the got it's the biggest change I've seen out of all the Lego games I've played. Um, like you've got, are you either of you Lego players? You play the Lego games? I've I've tried yeah. playing a couple, and I, I I don't dig them, which is weird because this game should be like musties. Like I it should like I love all this Marvel stuff, like it, but it just does not click with me for some reason. It it's if you're just playing by yourself, I can understand. It's fun to play with someone. Um, yeah, just smash around. What about you, Sean? Um, I, yeah, I played a little bit with my. But um, I should probably pick this up. I've heard some good stuff about it, so but I, I don't have too much experience with it. Okay. Oh well, yes, yeah, just now I know where you guys are at. But yeah, basically it's Lego, so you couldn't do some building. <laughs> it's part <laughs> of the game mechanics. Um, but in previously you just build. Um, you if and doubt if you're stuck, you can't progress. You just smash everything on the screen, and usually they'll make it so you can build something, and they'll little pieces will bounce around that signifying you can build it. And this one, uh, it, you often will have the option to build two different things. And so if you build, you and, and it adds more to the puzzles in the game, like you might have to build one thing first to unlock the ability to use something else, and then you break it, and then you build the second thing. So there's a little bit more branching in the building, which is really cool, um, a little good little twist. Um, and they also can open up secrets. Like if you build the right item at the right time, you can unlock and get some of the secret items. And so I think that's a really cool touch. Um, visually, it looks stunning. Um they mock Kylo Ren, which is hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was the best thing ever. Like, um, you know, the scene in the movie where he throws a tantrum when um, they find out BB-8's got away from them on uh, Jakku. 
and he throws a tantrum and like smashes stuff up. He does that, but he's in a, like a teenage boy room with like uh, Darth Vader posters, like fanboy posters on the wall. And... <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Um, but the other cool little mechanic is that they do cover um, cover shooting. Uh, hmm. That there's scenes where you'll like run in and you'll like hide behind um, like cover, <laughs> and you'll have like and you'll be able to like cover shoot uh, enemies and have to progress by like jumping around like rolling between cover um so it's kind of over the shoulder um zooms into over the shoulder and I, I, it was kind of cool little touch and very appropriate to star wars uh with the the blight blasters and whatnot um yeah so far it's been real fun we're only a few levels in but it's it's a lot of fun it's probably the, the most fun i've had with a lego game um and it's fun playing with odin mm, nice good deal yeah, so I I really want to like these games. Like, and I I just I don't know what it is. Like, we played the one of the Marvel games. I don't know if it was the I don't think it was the Avengers one uh, because it had like a bunch of Marvel characters in it. And I just yep. Like me and my wife were trying to play it co op on the couch, and I don't think either one of us really dug it. Like, I didn't like having uh, the, I don't just I didn't didn't click with me. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, it helps. I don't know if I'd be that into them if it was just me, but with with Odin, it's it's really cool. Um, I've heard the Avengers is one of the best Lego games to date. Um, I don't know where it stands up against the Star Wars one, um, but yeah, I haven't played that one, but I've heard it's, it plays really well and story-wise, it's a bit of fun. And the Batman 3 one's really good as well. Okay. Um, like the Batman 3, you get to go to um, the, the Lantern Worlds. Instead of having a hub-like city, you can actually just go to all the different worlds and they're just like mini planets that you can run around on, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's good fun. The other thing is I've played is um, I've actually played one or two matches. I got, I get the loot gaming crates and this last month I got it and I opened it and I was like, I haven't played any of these games that are represented here. <laughs> so I felt real stink. <laughs> um, and one of them was Team Fortress 2. And so I downloaded it because it's free, and I played it. Um, I don't think my Mac touch mouse is really suited for first-person <laughs> shooters. <laughs> um, but I played it, and I got I got a few kill streaks. I think I killed four. I got a kill streak of four, so I was happy for my first game. Um, yeah, it was fun for an old game shooter. It was it was, it was fun. Uh, I can see there's like a lot of time splitters kind of feel to it in some ways. Maybe not as fast, but um, so yeah, that was good. Have you, you know, guys played? Um, I, I, Eric Plazance from the Duckfeed group. He's the guy that wrote a uh, that article for DarkInsight.net comparing the getting the Lord Vessel to uh, the Ocarina of Time. Yep. Uh, he was actually writing an article about Team Fortress 2 for us for a little while because uh, he's got like a lot of opinions about that game apparently. So, mm-hmm. uh, cool. Eric, so if you're out there, like reach out to Vader on Twitter and y'all can talk about some stuff. Yeah, and finish the article. I'd love to read it. Also, that oh. yeah, I think he, I think he, I don't. Something happened that, that, with the article about. It. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good for an old game. It was, it was, it was great. Um, and because everyone's saying that uh, Overwatch is just like a complete 
I shouldn't say this. Rip off of Team Fortress. It's heavily inspired by Team Fortress. Dude, you gotta stop dogging on Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna lose viewers because people think we hate this game so much, and none of us have played it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just being cheeky now. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see see that where it's come from. So now when I try Overwatch, it'll be interest. I'll be able to see where some of the inspiration comes comes from, which is also very fascinating. Um, finally on my list, I chucked it on last night. Um, I am much like Chris and Steve from the Chomp Chain podcast. I'm, I'm into my anime. I like my Japanese cartoons, um, and have got back into it because Netflix has started chucking on a lot more anime here in New Zealand, which is really good for me. It's easy to just chuck it on and watch it wherever I am. Um, and I've been watching, I watched Sword Art Online. And I really enjoyed it. So I was like, I want to play these games. I want to play the game. And the the first one, I believe it is, I think it was a Vita game originally, and they ported it to PS4. So the graphics are pretty terrible. Uh, it's like high-res PS2 kind of graphics. Um, uh, yeah, it was down to like $11 in New Zealand. So that's it pretty good. And so I picked that up last week. Um, and it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, the combat is ridiculously complicated and stuff. Like instantly from the start get-go because it starts and i don't just hold on i keep asking this do you guys know anything about sword art online are you guys aware about it is it online um (laughs) no then i don't i knew a lot less than i thought about this game (laughs) (laughs) you know you can actually you can actually play you can actually co-op you can actually um team up um i forgot i forgot that you can do that yeah oh yeah I watched a few episodes of it, but oh, I, tried, I don't. Yeah, I don't really watch much anime. And we were sort of uh, my wife and I. We watched uh, Attack on Titan, and that was that was pretty cool. So we're like, oh, I'll try uh, Sword Art Online because I see that mentioned often enough. And the uh, the story moves at a, a blistering pace, and I was like, I don't, I don't really know what's happening. So I kind of uh, put that one down. But uh, does the gameplay like it, you would think it might play watching the show? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You start off, um, just to fill you in, Jeremy, it's a game, it's an anime about uh, MMO, a Japanese uh, virtual reality MMO. Oh, but God. it's full that's, immersion. That's two of my favorite things that I've ever, ever heard of. I'll put together in one. <laughs> uh, um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's full immersion, uh, virtual reality. So you lie there and you control it as if you're controlling your body, but your body just lies there. So it's like, that's the concept of the, in the game. And the game starts, and it's a new release, um, and the main character has played the beta, and so he knows more than the average person. And there's like 10,000 people on launch day, and they, they have fun, they goof around, and everyone starts trying to log out after a couple of hours, and they can't. And then the, the, the creator of the game, um, of this game in the cartoon... <laughs> Um, Inception. Um, and he comes on and he announces to the whole this world, the MMO world, that everyone is locked in this game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life, um, and they cannot get out unless they beat the game. Um, so everyone's freaking out. You got ten thousand people, so you pretty much have like a small town of people stuck in this game. And so guilds get formed and people, you get the people on the front line trying to progress the game. You get people supporting them. And I just think it's a real fascinating kind of concept, the, the whole the story. Um, the, this game starts at the end of the cartoon, which doesn't make sense. Well, end of the first season. 
I don't know how it ties in yet. And so you're already really powerful. Like you already have, like your character is one of the, in the cartoon, the main character is like the most powerful in the game, um, in this world. And so in the game, you already have like all these like sword arts or abilities. And the the mechanics are crazy. You've got like dodge mechanics, you've got bursts, like critical hit attacks that you can do, but your meter goes down. That's also tied in. It's kind of like a stamina bar in some ways. Um, your guy will attack. Not, yeah, it's just there's just abilities, and you got like the L one button opens up and there are extra eight um, actions you can do, and then the R sorry the L one does that, and the R one does that also. So you got like sixteen buttons or twenty four buttons you have to your disposal for different attacks and commands and stuff. So this is just right from the get go. It's super complicated, but it, it's it's so far I'm about an hour in, and it's just really fun. Um, and because I like the cartoon, all the characters reappear and stuff, and uh, I'm really keen to get into it. Um, it's very Japanese, super, super Japanese. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the level of mechanics um, and the gameplay is just is just awesome. Like, I'm really impressed with it. Um, it could easily be just a superficial game where you just hack and slash. You know, you're kind of God of War smash the circle button over and over. But it's not. It's it's got a lot of depths to the the, the fighting. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting onto the next one after this because that's a full, I think, PlayStation 4 release. So it'll be even more in depth, hopefully, because this is just a Vita game. Um, yeah. So I don't think you'll try it, Jeremy. But yeah, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> no, I, I would. I definitely won't try it. I can tell you. But I will give a shout out to uh, Chris and Steve with on their new uh, anime podcast that they launched yes. on the uh, podcast Chomp. Nope, Chomp Chain Podcast <laughs> Network. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Is it Shonen Chomp? Is that what it is? Yeah, Shonen Chomp. Shonen Shonen Chomp. Yeah, so props to those boys for... And go check out... I don't. I think they have their own Twitter feed at Shonen Chomp, uh, but if not, then I definitely know that uh, Podcast Chomp is is there and you can find it that way. Yes, they do. I can confirm they do have their own Twitter feed, but yes, you'll be able to find it through the Chomp Chain boys. Um, Yeah, and they had their first episode up on their normal feed as well, and they'll be in their own feed eventually. Yeah. Is that all? The, good. I uh, like anime. Is that all the games that you've been playing and the anime that you've been watching? Uh, yeah. Well, there's another anime if you want me to talk about it. I don't. don't. Not at all. <laughs> I was lying. <laughs> that was totally rhetorical. <laughs> Fine. Sean, um, is that a? Do you have any other games you'd like to talk about? Nope, and I don't have any other anime. Okay. Well, good. Good. Uh, excellent. I don't want to turn this into an anime podcast. That's for sure. Maybe, um, maybe I should plug me being guesting on the Shonen Chomp. Yeah, <laughs> plug. yeah. Are you <laughs> guessing on, on the Shonen Chomp? I didn't hear that. No, I'm just a plug. I want to. I'm oh, trying to get, okay. No, <laughs> that's not a plug. That's a hint. <laughs> yeah, hey, sorry, sorry. English doesn't work with me. <laughs> hint, hint. Chris, Chris. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, Go ahead. I could, uh, I could uh, talk for a while about the Dark Tower. Unless they make a video game, and then uh, it's, it's not exactly on topic. We could yeah, totally start talking about the Tark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> but that actually brings me into uh, something that we're going to try doing with the next episode. Um, Vader's friend, it's too friendly, right? I'm saying that right? Yep. Vader's friend too yes. friendly had a suggestion that um, he could recommend us media that is kind of related to the Souls games in one way or the other, or maybe the Souls games took a little inspiration, or maybe they're just kind of alike in this one aesthetic, or what have you. Um, And the first thing that he picked out is a movie called Prince of Darkness, which was directed by John Carpenter. 
I, I've seen this, and I I know what he's getting at with with this cho- choice, and I think it's very funny. I, I don't think that Cliff and Vader have seen it. Um, Sean, have you seen no. Prince of Darkness? I haven't. Okay, uh, it's a, it's a it's a good movie. Like it's it's a it's a fun pick. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it again. But uh, so we're we're all going to watch it sometime in the next two weeks, and then there's going to be a segment on the next episode where we all talk about it. I'd very much like for you guys out there listening to uh, take a look at it or, you know, if you've already seen it, send questions in or send comments in. Um, For these, if you can, don't send them to the Twitter account. I don't know that... Or just send them to the Twitter account. It doesn't matter. It's a 10... It's like a 20-year-old movie. Like, who cares if it gets spoiled? There's nothing... There's nothing to it. It's like... It's like 70 minutes long. Like, we're watching. Anyway, send in your questions or comments or thoughts about it. Um, And that includes you, Too Friendly. I know you sent in a big paragraph because I saw it in the notes earlier uh, that Vader was making for the next episode. But send in more stuff if you want to. We'll read it on the air as we talk about the game. So... Movie. Nice. Yeah, so that's a new segment we'll try. And so if this takes off, we'll, we'll try a few. Uh, two friendly will be suggesting more films for us to watch. And yeah, and we'll talk about how it's kind of like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I think that we'll probably do stuff. Uh, the reason I brought it up when uh, Sean mentioned the Dark Tower is because I'd eventually like for. I think I think Cliff has read the Dark Tower series, if I remember right. Uh, but Vader, have you read any of the any of those books? No. Yeah. Oh man. There's you some. Should, you should. Yeah. There's some good <laughs> stuff in there. There's some good stuff, and there's some, like, there's a. Oh, I can't even say anything without spoiling stuff. So I'll just say that like those are good books, and everybody should read them. So let's just. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, nice. Yeah. And then yeah. um, I think that we should probably do our uh, emails and stuff, and then um, after that we can get to our uh, Dark Souls three section that we were talking about doing. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah. Yep. Vader, do you want to take our first question? All right. Uh, Pete uh, Lawson at uh, Miss, Mr. Worry. Um, he's commented before and sent us messages. Um, any of you chaps excited about I Am Setsuna? I'm, I'm a Japanese RPG lightweight, just the hits, but it looks ace to me. Um, I don't know too much about it. But it does look. It, I, I watched some footage yesterday, and it, it's bringing back memories of games like um, Wild Arms Three and and those early RPGs on you know PlayStation One and Two. So I, I think I'd be pretty keen. And it's out in the nineteenth of July. Um, it looks very pretty. Uh, it's like a snowscape. A lot of the of the, the scenery that I've seen. So those who like snowy scenes, it's got plenty of them. Um, but yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. The combat's turn based from the looks of it, but it's like a spatial turn base. Like you, you got to kind of. I don't know how to explain it. You, the, the the space around you is important. So you, it's not like Final Fantasy Seven or anything where you've got a set spot. Um, you've got the arena you're in, and you kind of need to position yourself or attack in the right place to do the right damage and get combos and whatnot. Um, and so where you're placed is important in the arena, which is it's, it's kind of cool twist on the turn-based uh, fighting mechanic. Um, yeah, I saw like a, yeah. like a brief video of this somewhere. I think during the E3 week, and I, I thought it looked the art style was interesting enough for me to check it out later. But I haven't seen like anything significant on it. Yeah, yeah, same here. I, it's it's kind of funny you say that because yeah, my main t- oh, I like the snowy landscape. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it looks nice. So uh, I don't know much about it, but definitely looks like it might be worth checking out sometime. Yeah, it's nice to get some of these um, 
old it's very old school Japanese RPG style from the looks of it. Um, and uh, I'm guessing this is CJ. It was he, he responded with the Twin Humanities um, Twitter, but really taken by the footage I've seen and heard it play superbly. Yeah, superbly um, definitely seems like a word CJ would use in that pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next question is from my buddy Brian Wade. Uh, Brian says he wants us to talk about how Jeremy needs to read the first law. And uh, <laughs> Brian, I've tried to read the first law several times. I just have not finished it yet. <laughs> People tell me that like it gets really good in the back end and, or that the second book is really good, but I just have not been able to get past the, the first hurdle. Everyone says this book just is super stop. good. Yeah, I don't know if either one of you start halfway it. through. That's not oh. how you read books. I just can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, no I, I, I haven't. Yeah, me neither. I, uh, I think yeah that that was he recommended that because uh, another series is the uh, King Killer Chronicles. I recommend checking out, but uh, probably wait until uh, Patrick Rothfuss finally finishes the last one because he he and George R. R. Martin are taking bets to see who will take the longest to uh, <laughs> write the next book in their series. I think so. I wouldn't I wouldn't read it now. I'd wait until the next one comes out. But uh, Patrick at least looks healthy enough that he would last to, to you know, last to the end of the series. George R. R. Martin looks like he's about to have a heart attack, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dude. Yeah, exactly. Brian yeah. actually uh, um, texted me earlier today, I think it was today, and said uh, that Patrick Rothfuss was talking about getting Lin-Manuel... Uh, I can't remember this dude's name. The, the Hamilton guy? Lin-Manuel something? Hmm. The guy, anyway, the guy that wrote and sings in Hamilton which is kind of a sensation over here, to play uh, Kavath's dad in the movie. Oh. And, like, both of us were really geeking out about that because that would be really cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) You want to take us to the next question, Sean? Yes, the next one is from uh, Pat at PatSan86, and it says, uh, Hi, guys. I like competitive multiplayer games despite health effects. How do you guys escape the Overwatch bandwagon? And uh, for me, at least, I escaped it easily because I just don't really type of games a whole lot. And uh, I, I, I'll have to admit, I'm a little bit like Vader, and I, I don't exactly like the art style a whole lot. Uh, it's just it, it's not not jumping at me. So uh, See, Jeremy, it's not just me. <laughs> I know it's just a whole podcast. Like, I think we're having to name the episode the Overwatch Hate, hate Campaign. So, if you're doing episode art, like, base it around Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't. I just ideas. Overwatch actually looks really interesting to me, and I was kind of thinking about getting it, and then I just got pulled in with other games, and I could. I've got games that I'm renting from GameFly right now that I haven't sent back yet. So this, th- when I finish Doom or when I finish the other game that I have, I'll send those back and probably get Overwatch hopefully, and then check it out. But I just, I just kind of missed nice. the hype for it. I, I couldn't see myself playing sixty bucks up front because I just. I know there's like 50 50 shot of me not liking it and I'm not going to spend $60 on that like, with those odds. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm just, I don't have any friends to play with, so I kind of stay away from multiplayers yeah. now. I burnt out on destiny for that reason. So I kind of just avoided them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Vader, you're up. David Petro, Petroco. Petroco. At, uh, Srin's, I can't say that. Thrinza, sir. Thrind, thr- oh, I don't know. Someone else say it. <laughs> Thrinza, yeah. T-H-R-E-N-D-S-A. Um, all the letters are saying, making sounds that 
done. They shouldn't. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> are you recording the podcast from a mobile studio so you can play Pokemon Go at the same time? I wish. Um, I've got this weird spot right where my computer is in my games room. I don't get Wi-Fi, so I can't even catch Pokemon while we're talking at, at um, my stationary studio. So, no. Yeah. I've caught two Pidgeys so far. So. Nice. <laughs> They'll come over to me every once in a while. <laughs> my plan is to take the kids out and like film a little video of us like catching Pokemon around Wellington and t- uh, check on YouTube. So we <laughs> try, try and catch that later. That sounds good. <laughs> I have not even installed Pokemon Go, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The next one is mine. It's from G1 Crimson Warlock, and uh. He or she says how to deal with. They're asking how to deal with Pokemon Go server down issues with draws. <laughs> you guys both said it was kind of unreliable, right? Like you just, and I've seen that reported too. Like I, I, they're yeah. probably just not prepared for the kind of onslaught that they would get, which is normal. Normally yeah. happens. Yep. Um, yeah. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, luckily they make actually a series of games that are uh, similar to Pokemon Go, just called Pokemon, and those are pretty good. So I'd recommend maybe playing the RPG if you have a chance. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I love I that's that's a series that I've played since I was a kid and I just, you know, those little animals they call to me, I guess, so. Yeah, I I mean I I get the appeal for it. I just at some point I think I was um like when those games started coming out, I think I was a little I was, I was just old enough to feel like better than it like I was too cool for <laughs> yeah. it so I just I just never picked it up at that point and I you know at this point like I just don't oh, feel yeah. the need to go back to it so no yeah definitely. I don't yeah, I don't enough. have any kind of like actual hate for Pokemon whatsoever so <laughs> put down your flaming sword pins internet like I, I don't really care like I'm totally ambivalent to it <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so this uh, next one is from Cliff who I'm uh, standing in for today and he says uh I have an Xbox One. Whoop! Fuck you guys. Lol. Only joking, <laughs> but no show from me. I'm playing my new console. I love you, really. So, thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks for that stream of conscious tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Changes mine three times. I picture him um, like holding his controller in one hand and his phone in the other while he's tweeting that. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. I got an yeah. Xbox One. Woo! <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, he's with Josh Crow uh, with a stream of eight stream of tweets. Um, where are we at? As men of greater stature than myself, uh, I'm pretty short, so I'm <laughs> 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 You're probably way taller than me. Can you give Royal Mail a kick up the ass so I can get my Xbox One? Another Xbox late adopter. <laughs> um, Josh Crow and Cliff have both ordered them this week, but Cliff has got his. But Josh is sadly been lost in mails so far well hopefully not lost just delayed um i don't know sorry jo- sorry josh i can't reach real mail from here um i have enough problems with careers <laughs> no problems with careers my end um and with the dramas of getting my dark souls 3 collector's edition on day one man i had a, I had a drive right clear across town to go pick it up myself because it didn't feel like dropping it off Curious. Anyway, he continues. I've got games all lined up for and and some I'm planning on buying in the sale. But with the way things are, I'm better off getting a cardboard box, writing Xbox on it, and pushing discs in, in it a depressing manner if it arrives tomorrow while I'm at a wedding. 
I won't be happy. This is some proper Twin Snakes level BS. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about with Twin Snakes. That's a that's a really good <laughs> a triple game. A quality game. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is. It's really weird. Man, I wonder if he's actually uh-huh. played a real copy. Like the last time I mentioned this, I told him I would send him my copy, and he said, "No, I've I've got one. I've already played it." But I don't I don't think that he's actually played the copy that I have because my copy is really good. Maybe I should still send it to him. <laughs> those sweet those sweet cutscenes with extra like double flips just for the sake of it, it just adds to the game drastically. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Poor Josh, I've I've been there, man. Like when the PS4 came out, I uh, I, I know my UPS guy really well, so like I had taken the day off work and made arrangements with that dude to meet him somewhere that morning because usually my UPS guy doesn't show up till like 7 p.m. and like that's not going to cut it. So no, I uh, no. like me and him were on, a, on a, like a texting basis now. So if I have something big coming, I'll be like, hey yo, can I meet you early in the morning? He'll be like, yeah, meet me at the Windex Dixie. I'm like, okay, I meet you at the Windex Dixie at 10. Awesome. So. <laughs> that's super cool yeah I've, I've, I've been there before um the next one is from jake lionheart a buddy at jacobs underscore talk box um <laughs> who is a rapper galore um he says he's asking for advice on getting pokemon off your car and he included an image of a furry little pokemon thing i'm sure you guys know what it is it's a uh, growlith Yes. I'm gonna say Growlithe. Right. Cool. On the hood of his car, which uh, <laughs> looks very cool. And yeah, I, I think the only way to get that off your car would be to drive 100 miles an hour into the tree in front of it, so that it slings <laughs> off <laughs> into the bushes behind the tree. I think that's probably your best course of action. I'm not sure if you're still in the car waiting for this. Hopefully not. Hopefully you've moved on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, man, you just catch it. This is this brings brings back memories of when I was in Australia. Like I jumped in the car. Um, we parked under someone's place and like under a tree and I start the ignition and there's a huntsman on the windshield. Uh, huntsmen are a big spider. They're about the size of your, your um, palm, maybe up to the size of your hand. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I drove, I, I was had a mate with me and we drove to the next, like our next stop like we were heading and it like, it was still just sitting there. <laughs> it's like, like, man, I was like, I'm not getting out of the car. <laughs> I don't, don't, New Zealand doesn't don't blame spiders. you on that one at all. <laughs> New Zealand, we don't really get big spiders, and so like Australia gets really big spiders. Um, but this is way cuter and way more approachable. So just throw a pokeball at it. Yeah. It can be sorted. It's kind of funny, Jeremy. You've got all the Pokemon uh, questions. I know. I don't, yeah. and I'm the one that like assigned questions. I don't know what I was doing. Like I just went through a anyway. It doesn't matter. All right. All right. Um, and the uh, the next one is uh, from Video Game Dogger. Revitar, I believe, and uh, yes, and he says hello. Out of everyone in Dark Insight, who would win in an arm wrestle or in a cake baking contest? Have <laughs> any of you tried VR yet? What do you think? Well, I mean, the cake baking thing is kind of a kind of a gimme, right? <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Can, can my wife um, would it ghost bake for me? Like ghost write the novel? <laughs> yeah, and even I don't even no. think she can compete with the way that your cakes look. To be honest with you. <clears throat> I won that one. I'm wrestle. I might. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm small, but I'm tough. But I, I think it might go to you, Jeremy. You're probably like twice our size. I don't, I don't know sure that you're I'm, a shorty as well. I don't know. Uh, I think Cliff might win in an arm wrestling contest. Really, he seems like he's uh, like he's he's like the strongest, like scrappiest dude out of the three of us. Mm. I'd have to agree as a as a as a guest as so as a fellow listener. I feel like I feel like Cliff. I think he he seems the most likely to uh, really really go for it 
Good. He drinks some whiskey, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> turn, turn his cat backwards. Yeah. Seems the most likely to be in an arm wrestling. Nice. There you go, Cliff. You won without even being here. Um, and then uh, any of us tried VR? I haven't tried any of the VR, whether it was Gear VR or any of the Oculus stuff. I haven't tried any of it, so I can't. I can't say. As mentioned earlier, I've tried only tried. I've tried the um, Gear VR. And I've tried Oculus Rift, but it was just a cinema experience at Armageddon last year. And so you just sit down and you look around the movie theater and it was just like trailers of movies playing. So not the best showing of, of VR. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Odin gave Odin a go and seeing him kind of reach out because it was like popcorn next to you in it and reaching out, see if he could touch it. That was kind of funny. <laughs> but this Tuesday, the local um, store, like gadget electronics store, um, have got uh, the HTC Vive, is it what it's called? Vive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a, a demo day. So I will be popping along to that and I will try and report back. Don't get nice. pink eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've tried the... Um, I've done the, the Gear VR professionally for for work. I'm a, I, I work for an architecture firm. I'm a architectural designer by law. I guess I can't call myself an architect, but um, uh, yeah, we we do a little bit of gear VR stuff for clients. So I've nice. done the modeling to put into there and um, I've done the uh, theater mode for that. And then um, I'm not exactly what it's uh, I'm not good with the name. It's one of the PC ones. It's the room VR versus the, uh, it's, it has the motion sensor. It's not the um, controller version i'm trying to remember which one that yeah i think the vive is the one that has the uh, like grips okay and then uh the controller version is the oculus although oculus is working on their own like touch controller thing okay so yeah so and i i've done that and um i have to say that you know you hear uh if you listen i guess they say like oh you have to really try it but it really does make a really big difference just to have that stuff around you i i went over to a a friend's house and uh I tried it out, and um, my wife and I tried it out, and she was playing a... I can't remember what the game is called. It's like she was working in a deli or something, or not a deli, but like a little <laughs> gas station. She was like, there was the game was working in this little gas station, and she kept trying to put her hand on this counter that doesn't exist, and she almost kept falling over trying to reach for things by touching the counter. And it's amazing how just that feeling of depth and having it surround you it really creates this novel experience that um i was i don't you know i don't think i have the uh, the money to be ponying up for vr anytime soon but, but it really got me interested in it as a as a medium that i that i'm excited to see what someone who's way smarter than me could you know do with it and really create some unique experiences yeah i'm, in, I'm into that Thanks. yeah I, i'm yeah. looking forward to trying it apparently um my father-in-law was telling me I think that the one the best buy here is going to be getting demo unit soon, and I'll definitely be going over there to mm. check it out. Although that's pretty much like the only way you can get me into a Best Buy. So, <laughs> <laughs> shoutouts to uh, Revitar, by the way. He um a, couple, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, he had drawn me as my favorite Dark Souls one NPC as um the the partner Oswald, mm-hmm. which was great, and uh, I didn't realize that he would actually ship me the original product. So the other day oh. in the mail from all the way from across the pond, I got like a drawing of me. So 
gonna have that nice. framed on the wall of my like little recording studio if I ever get uh-huh. to building my little recording studio. So, <laughs> so thank you, Revitar. Yeah. Very much appreciate it. And yeah. everybody should go check out his uh, board game podcast called We're Not Wizards. Um, yeah, that's good. Yes. Yeah, the most recent episode I think had Patty from Twin Humanities on it, and he gave. Um, he gives Dark Insight a shout out, and he gives my other podcast, Don't Give Up Skeleton, a shout out. So, yes, he's Thanks. a very good dude. Very good he's dude. Worth the, worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care what Cliff says about him. He's an okay guy. Don't, don't listen to Cliff's <laughs> opinion about him. <laughs> um, he drew um, Cliff as um, Akira from no Akira. And, that's the name of the anime. I can't remember the guy, but he drew he drew Cliff as his favorite uh, character from Akira. Which is very cool. Cool, and I think that's all of the questions we have. Do you want to do a quick check to see if any more came in? I don't. I didn't see anything pop up, just in case. Uh, no, yep, that's it. Okay. Just likes from you, Jeremy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of liking stuff as we've been talking about things. Um, so what we're gonna do now is uh, take a quick little break. There's probably music playing underneath our voices right now because I'm that kind of rad editor. That's what I like to do. We're going to take a quick break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk all about Dark Souls 3, and we're not going to hold anything back when it comes to spoilers. So if you are not comfortable hearing anything and everything about Dark Souls 3, and to be honest with you, I have no idea what the topics are, we're just going to kind of freeform that, um, I would check out now, and then come back later. Just in case you do decide to check out now, Sean, where can they find you on the internet? You can uh, find me at the Lore Hunter on Twitter, and uh, from there, there's uh, links to the blogs I do, which are... Uh, Dark Souls slash Dark Souls 3 lore blog and a Bloodborne lore blog. So, uh, yeah, at the Lore Hunter is definitely the best place to uh, see what I'm up to. Awesome. Thank you for guesting for us, and then we'll be right back with more Dark Souls 3 talk. And welcome back from that amazing music that I've picked out. Uh, we're gonna. This is the Dark Souls three section. Uh, me, Vader, and Sean are gonna talk about all things Dark Souls three that kind of come to mind. Um, I guess to start us off with is I'll, I'll say something. I don't like the last boss of this game. Uh, me neither, actually. Excellent. No, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's there, interesting because very specifically, there, there's there's things I don't like about it. Um, yeah. By the time okay, we go. got to the Soul of Cinder, who is the last boss, and uh, for those that didn't heed my spoiler warnings, you're fucked. Uh, <laughs> I, I was so done with bosses that have two or more health bars, and when you like yeah. you're, you're fighting this dude and he's aggressive, and I was using my health materials like I normally do, my Estus like I normally do, and by the time I got him down to the end of the health, it was my first time. I thought I did pretty good. 
like I was I was out of Estus, and then he just explodes, and there's a whole new health bar, and that was really yeah. depressing. I felt like the grind up to and through the Twin Princess, and then to the Soul of Cinder was just super annoying. Mm. And yes, second, and this time, and I've talked about this on Don't Give Up Skeleton a couple of times. Uh, the when they when they go into Gwen's theme during the music of this boss fight, I think it. I just think it sucks. Like I, I remember playing yeah. it for the for, for the first time, and like that that dun 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 sticks in, and I was like, "Fuck this! I don't care." Like this is just <laughs> it felt like it felt so cheap and ploying. And I'm not as like some people are, are pretty down on like some of the callbacks or the amount of callbacks and how they don't really mean anything specifically from Dark Souls One. And this one is to me like the worst offender out of all of them. Like that those like three notes of Gwen's theme in this boss fight is just like had me rolling my fucking eyes. So. Mm. Discuss. <laughs> that's the thing, because that's part of the reason why I want to talk about more Dark Souls, because everyone uh, collectively seems to really enjoy Dark Souls 3. But it seems to cause quite a lot of elsewhere uh, thing. I was, I was sick of that. Um, I think that's a really annoying mechanic in general, and it was done too many times in Dark Souls 3. But um, I like the concept of the boss. I like that. Um, that, yeah, all those who have like linked the fire, uh, they are kind of present in this in this form. What was that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a doorbell, so it must have been you. <laughs> I have a doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I kind of like the concept of the boss. I don't like. This. I agree with the two house bar. But what was really enjoyable about the two house bars is that I actually really. I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, is that the Lord of Cinder coming to get you me for hating on? Yeah, apparently so. Right. Um, I had, um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I guess helping being a white phantom and helping uh, other people play it. And it was really, really fun watching people. It was clearly their first time, mm-hmm. and then they would they would would beat the boss quite easily because I knew what I was doing. And then they would like wail on the boss, it would he'd die, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I did it!" And then they'd, you'd see them just standing there, and they just get it, it blown to pieces <laughs> to the area effect that happens during the transition. And, they, and it was funny seeing people who just didn't know what was what was happening. Yeah, uh, just so I, I enjoyed that. Part. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that part of it because I'd back off. And if there were two phantoms, you'd see like both of us would back off, and then the host would just stand there and go boom, and just get like, yeah, sit flying. Um, and I don't know. I like that the Gwyn fight came in at the end. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have really opinions on the music side of things. Um, yeah. So not as negative towards you. And it's interesting. Epic, Epic Name Bro falls on the. He really likes that end boss as well. Yeah, well, so I think it's, it's, it's become readily apparent that me and Epic yeah. Neighbor have a lot of differing opinions about Souls <laughs> games. So. Yep, <laughs> and, and that's fine. That's part of that's part of the love of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so is that your pizza there, Sean? That turned up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a side that no one was disturbed me while I record. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, as, as far as the. Uh, Soul of Cinder goes is I agree with uh, the, what Jeremy said is the problem with the two health bars is, is yeah, it's just, it feels 
maybe not unfair, but it's annoying, and there's no way of knowing ahead of time. Yeah, like it doesn't pre- it doesn't give you the opportunity to prepare yourself, so it's kind of annoying. And then it's it's one of those cases where the soul of Cinder just feels um, it's it's something that um, I that uh has been echoed elsewhere, but I don't really like things that are like avatars of things, like embodiments, mm-hmm. like forces of nature. It's just not it doesn't uh speak to me a whole lot. Uh, so all the other end bosses in Souls games, to my mind, like Gwyn like Garman, they, they, they're these characters that are like built up so much and they have these interesting stories and they have these cool fights. So I don't think mechanically it's a horrible fight from the sense that the switching of the weapons is kind of an, it's not really a very sophisticated tactic, but it's kind of an interesting thing to have to respond to these different movesets. Sure. But the actual, the actual fight, like, you know, I, I'm, as far as people go, I would say I'm very positive about three, especially um, in you know I've I've said my piece about actually finding a lot of redeeming qualities in the callbacks, but I felt the same way as Jeremy, where it just didn't feel earned and it didn't carry the weight. It just felt very um, hollow, you know, which may you know which is which may have some purpose in the Dark Souls world, but yeah, it just it just felt so weak compared to other games and bosses where like. My favorite out of all all of those is probably Gearman, and it's just like he has so much pathos and importance in the story. In this one, it's sort of this like, oh, and there's this guy. You didn't realize that all these people you're killing would come back, and then you'd have to fight the equivalent of a player character for the final boss. It just it just didn't affect me emotionally, and it didn't feel like it rested in the story as significantly as these other characters. That, that yeah. I can completely understand that. Um, I guess I kind of like it because as a player, I've invested, you know, I linked the fire in Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I also walked away from the fire. And so I kind of, I like that in some weird way, my presence is in that boss like, um, and thinking of it that way. And I kind of, I just like that concept that um, we, even though linking the fire is such a, a minuscule thing in the history of the Souls world, because it just gets repeated over and over, that they're still, it's still there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like that. I, I like that aspect of of, of the character. Um, but I completely understand. It, it, it would be nice to have more of a of a, a lead uh, in boss or a lead character or like a, a deity of some sort. Um, but but yeah, I kind of, I still kind of like it. Yeah. Um, but about the two health bar thing the the does it the prince of lothric the last cinder lord mm. of cinder i actually as a two bar boss goes i liked that one out of the most out of all of them in, in a lot of ways i thought it was kind of fun um it was a cool little twist to it i think it's a the the twin prince fight is is really interesting like it's it's really interesting yeah. mechanically and it, it has a lot of lore implications and, and things like that which i, I can let sean talk about that but um, <laughs> the uh, it, and it's not necessarily like it was just one of the it was just like the straw right in the pervert, yeah pervert I, I agree, bag. I like agree. I just like after like the nameless king and after the twin princes and after like it just it felt like every and I know that's not true but like it just feels like way too many bosses had extra health bars and I I really don't like that <laughs> I don't know no, what it is yeah. in fact the game I, I mentioned uh, mentioned earlier that that speedrun guy did Momodora like he was going through like different phases of boss fights and um 
that ha- that was happening in that game too, where like he would get an enemy, a boss, all the way down, and then like phase two, he would have full health again. And I'm like, oh god, just give him more health. Just let me let me see the bar go down halfway. <laughs> like I just there's yep. something. It's got to be something dumb, right? Like it's just something about the way it looks or feels that just—I don't know—I just don't like it. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's, oh, I can't remember which one of you said it, but you're you, you're playing the fight based on the health bar going down, and so you're healing and stuff, and so you're more conservative if you're running out of healing items. And so if you're near the end of the fight, you go, you know, balls to the wall, and you should try and kill him maybe, and then you realize that it's not dead, but you've risked too much, and so yeah, it's, it can be a bit frustrating, especially if you don't know the second phase. Um, the one that really yanked my chain was um, the Nameless King, mm-hmm. the second health bar. Um, yeah, that that, that one's yeah. egregious because, um, like, the first phase of that fight where you're just fighting the dragon. Um, is very specifically like built like to be easy, but also to like be impossible to see with your with your camera. So like it just yeah. it just feels like a like a punishment, like a thing that you have to do. Like, do you remember mm-hmm. Vader? Me and you talking about uh, Salt and Sanctuary way back. I don't, I don't even know if we did this on a podcast or not, but there was the one fight in particular. I think it might have been the end boss where you had to drop down to get into the boss arena, and you just took fall damage. Like, yep. it feels like that, right? Like, it's just an Estus punishment. Like, oh, hey, you fucked up getting into the real boss fight, so you have to do it with negative two Estus. Like, that's that's your reward. Like, I yeah. I really wish that was a situation like um, Calamite, where you could have met Hawkeye Go, Go and they would have, and he would have, like, shot the dragon for you the, for the first time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just anything just to skip that initial like, kind of bullshit to me. Yeah. Fight. And the setting itself is fantastic, and the, and the, the bombast, um, that's a very CJ word, isn't it? Um, the and that this the setting and everything about it is just the spectacle of it is fantastic, and I love that boss fight for that. But this the yeah the two phase it was just a grind. Um, I, I found it quite hard. I'm a, I'm tend to be a locked on kind of player, and mm-hmm. so you got to relearn not to lock on. Uh, but then you have to lock on when he's flying, so you can actually even see him to dodge the light. And, and yeah, and it's just and then you get that down and then that second, that second phase, man, <laughs> man, I, I, yeah, that game is really, I, the down the downside I found with Dark Souls three is it seems really heavily um, favored towards strength build with the big shields. Uh, um, I know people can dodge and have got good at dodging. Um, I found, I found it really hard with my dex build um, at mm-hmm. times. And I'm sure you're, you found it really hard with your sorcery build. <laughs> I know you found it hard with your sorcery I, build. I definitely found it very difficult with my sorcery build. Thank you. I think it was Josh Crow that uh, actually helped me finally kill that boss for the first time. I know I helped him on his build, and I think about a week later he helped me. So nice. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I just the, the the number of attacks. It was too visually intense. Visually intense. I found Nameless King. Like there were too many things going on on the screen. There was the, the there was the swish of his sword, there was the lightning, there was the, the clouds under your feet. Um, yeah, it was it was just too much, and it was real hard to gauge the distances I found with him um, and yeah. and the, the roll timings. So blocking mm. was super important. But then you need a heavy shield to be able to actually withstand that blocking. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and for my own thing, is I actually have a king um, because I... I I have a hard time with that fight and yeah I was with my Dex character and I I haven't I just haven't gone against with my strength build but that fight is like um 
The biggest complaints about large enemies that I had in Bloodborne definitely apply to the first phase of that boss fight because, yeah, it, it feels like a punishment because if you get through it, like, it's it's not random exactly, but I just felt like the mistakes I was making were strictly camera-related, like, every time I would get killed because you can get one shot practically in the first stage if you get hit by the uh, fire or lightning or whatever when it flies up, and that's just annoying, but my... uh my sort of for my main interest for the game is I don't I don't understand I guess maybe that's a weird way to word it but is uh I don't I don't really like the fact that the nameless king puts such a solid end to Gwyn's firstborn I like the I like the story but I think I think it takes away and uh, Rich Danton wrote a good article where that talks about this but it just like I like when Dark Souls three helps Dark Souls 1, like, it recontextualizes it, like, with uh, Xanthus and stuff, where you learn more about the Xanthus scholars. But then the Nameless King just puts a nail into the coffin of, like, who's wins firstborn, and I think that was one of the things that made Dark Souls 1 so special, is just not having answers like that. And although I think the story's pretty cool, I, I, I sort of mourn the loss of some of that abstract direct storytelling i don't like i don't like yeah it's like i like the thing is is like i it takes away like i don't know like a lot of people like solaire and he was the pop born and but it was never known for sure and now that it's known that he's not it just if i was going to go back and play dark souls one now it's kind of a bummer to know that i'm carrying that into the story now which is a weird way to work, but it's just like I didn't think that was an avenue that needed closed off as solidly as the item descriptions and lore regarding the Nameless King make that whole storyline. So for so for me, I'm a guy that really did not like the idea of Solaire being Gwen's son in Dark Souls One. Like mm-hmm. I always, it always felt too pat for me, and um, like I don't know, it just felt too easy. Like a, oh, you know, just because he has an obsession with the sun, and just because he doesn't really remember his past and all that stuff. Like oh, he has to be the whatever. Um, and, but I, I got people that did like it. I never really took that away from him. I just personally didn't. And yeah, I'm saying now that we have this whole other story, like I. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same way, even though I didn't like it in the original game, I just kind of wish it was kept vague. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. And I, I just don't, I don't, and I, I think what you were trying to say with like, when you're now, when you go back to play dark souls one, you see Solaire, like you, you're going to automatically know, like it retroactively like took away your enjoyment from the first game when you play it now, which is kind of a bummer. Like, and that's, that's some stuff that happens throughout dark souls three that I think that's why it's kind of iffy with a lot of games. So or not with a lot of games, but with a lot of um, players, like, a lot of yeah. people are kind of kind of falling like on the. I saw a bunch of people. Oh, Dark Souls Three is the best game of all time when it first came out, and now I'm seeing a bunch of. Um, well, maybe maybe not. I also have a a hard time with the story of this game and like the lore of the game because since we are guaranteed to get DLC, like we we knew that it was going to be coming before the game even came out. Like I have mm-hmm. a hard time of even trying to come up to, with a conclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, opinion on it because I know there's going to be more coming down the line. So why spend a lot of effort and time like thinking about the possibilities here now when yeah. in you know fall of 2016 and spring of 2017 those ideas could get shaken up pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for and I I think I I'm very I'm um as I've written and have stuff on my site like I think a lot of the call the callbacks for me seem like a sequel where you need to have played Dark Souls 1 and this is a continuation. And you, you 
you can you can call that fan service if you want, or you can. Not. Personally, I enjoyed revisiting themes, and uh, you know, and as I just said about the Nameless King, I don't always like the uh, the ways in which it was done, but most of the time, I do like revisiting that world if it causes some troubles with Dark Souls 2 and the rest of the series. I like the idea of Dark Souls 3 as a sequel, but I do find myself putting a lot of hopes in the DLC that are setting that I think, and I think a lot of other people are also kind of pinning some hopes into the DLC from the lore and story perspective that I think are unfortunately possibly setting up Dark Souls 3 DLC to be disappointing, which is kind of you know, blasphemy for Dark Souls. And I, I, I almost feel like I want them to provide another ending, you know, which is a ridiculous thing to say because they're not going to do it. But I almost feel like, you know, yeah, like what you're saying with the DLC is I almost feel like they know there's certain things and I'm worried that they actually did hold something significant back this time because I like that the other DLCs were important, like the old Hunters and Artorias of the Abyss all changed how you view the game, but I almost feel like for me to be totally satisfied with Dark Souls 3, they're going to have withheld something that I might hold against them when they release it finally, if that makes sense. Or I'll just be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I I totally understand that. Yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for that. Like, and it's weird because and every other DLC that they've done has been almost tremendously better than the than the base game, right? Like you look Mm -hmm. at Artorias of the Abyss, you look at any of the three DLCs for Dark Souls Two, and you look at the Old Hunters, which was like fucking clinic on DLC. Like, I I have no doubt that they're going to do a good job with it, but like I. I can't help but think, like, if they knew by contract that they were going to release this stuff, like, what did they not mm-hmm. put in the game? And I know that's a shitty thing yeah. to say, and I don't think that From is really that type of developer. I just think once you get into these contracts with publishing companies, like, it's probably hard to leave some of that stuff out. Like, it's probably hard not to do that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, sounding, I'm yeah. sounding way more sour on Dark Souls 3 than I actually am. I, it's a great game, and I really, <laughs> really enjoy it. And I, I talk about it all yeah. the goddamn time. Like, I'm <laughs> recording four hours with a podcast a week that are about Dark Souls. Like, I I'm, I love the game. I just, I, I don't know. Like, there's, I, I like the gameplay. I, yeah. The more I learn about the lore, the less I'm interested in learning about the lore. So, mm-hmm. I guess that's that's kind of what, what happens yeah. to me with this. Yeah, and I'm I'm not exactly there on it because like I I'm a uh, I'm a defender of stuff like the whole the whole uh, Watchers of the Abyss storyline is I, I and I like I like the feeling when you're in the swamp that you're in Ulysseal and you're in Darkroot all at the same time like you know, like that sort of and uh, whole time overlapping thing and how you can see the land shifted to the point where multiple times throughout the game, you can see these paths that just come to an end and there's like a stone wall or like a bunch of rubble showing this world shifting from a broad perspective. I'm really into them revisiting the idea of time and everything being sort of overlapped and confusing. And um, I really like how it's your character moving logically through abstract space like on the big on the on a grand scale i really like the themes and i'm into it but i do have um i do have concerns about the way the series addresses itself still and uh yeah so it's yeah it's it's a tough one because i think yeah i just think it it leans on dark souls one in a hard way that 
it's funny for me talking negatively because I'm generally very positive about it, but you know, I almost want to get out there that I do have problems with it too. In the sense that um, today, just before this podcast, I was like, Oh, I want to rank the souls games. Cause I really like dark souls three, but I still put it just above dark souls two in the series. And that's just because I don't think it in bloodborne. I put as my favorite in the series above dark souls one and demon souls. And it was just an interesting way of showing like, I think these are all great games, but Dark Souls 2 and 3 will never... They just... I don't think from, and maybe just the way they build these worlds, I don't know if the sequels will ever be the strength of these games as much as the original titles. Like, even if Demon Souls and Dark Souls share a lot of DNA, my top three are still the ones that are the most different from each other. Sure. So. Uh- Nice. I, I sometimes think about like Dark Souls one just being lightning in a bottle. Like they, they, they took lessons from Demon Souls, and Demon Souls is great in its own way. And I'm not taking anything away from that. But like, there's something about Dark Souls one, specifically with the multiplayer and with the way that it, everything is integrated with each other. Like it really struck a chord. Like it was something that just like resonated with everybody. I was I was talking to Gary Butterfield the other day about this, about how like it, that game created a whole cottage industry. Like Demon Souls didn't mm-hmm. do that. Dark Souls did that, and that's. Yeah. Like, that's something that they did, and I think that they have been trying to figure out how they did it and have been going away from it at the same time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the more yeah. you actively try to hit the bullseye after hitting it by luck the first time, you can't, the more you fuck yourself up and you're hitting the tree next to it. That, yeah. Yeah, I just, I can't help but think that. And not to say that, you know, again, it's it's a great fucking game. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm very, very specifically want to say, like, it's great. Like, it plays great. Some of the skyboxes are the best. I love the enemy designs. It's got probably per capita the the best bosses you know consistent bosses out of all of them like yeah. they all feel pretty good to play except for mm-hmm. the ones we mentioned earlier like you know that it gets some tremendously interesting and intricate areas and i but like it's just it's just there's something i don't know what it is like i kind of find myself preferring bloodborne over this in a lot of ways and that's something i wouldn't have thought i would have said you know a year ago mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I, that's on the boss um, note, that's something I wanted to talk about and mention is um, I was very impressed with, this is, yeah, this is what, their fifth game. And I, felt, I was impressed how unique the bosses still felt. Um, there were a few repeats of some things, but in general, the, each boss um, felt different and had some unique mechanics uh, within them that were new and fresh, which I thought was really a, a really cool touch um, that they still have um, some depth to their design capabilities or their creativity. Um, in the studio, um, I was yeah. I was, as I say, you got the Deacons of the Deep. You've got um, mm. um, uh, the Bus Watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. this is fantastic. Like it was, it was really good. Um, I'm just trying to be a bit more positive now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, like, that's my reason. I, I, I like a lot of the areas are super cool, right? Like there's some of the best level design in this game. Like if you leave yeah, out. I agree. Um, like that intricate, like I mentioned earlier, like that, um, I don't know, like the the world environment, the world design in Dark Souls 1, which no other game has ever done. Like, that's unique with Dark Souls 1. Nobody has really ever done that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you leave that out, like, Dark Souls 3 has probably the best level design out of all the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah like, it does. Um, I mean, that's amazing. And going with the unique bosses, the, the areas felt very unique and different. Um, the way they were even designed or the way that the shortcuts worked were all very, always just different. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot. The ones that were spread out, there were ones that were quite vertical. Um, and 
Yeah, so I agree. The level design is, is fantastic. And look, um, and they, they fixed puzzle bosses. Like, puzzle bosses have always been shitty, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you look at Lost Isolith or the Dragon God or anything like that, they've always been crappy. But in Dark Souls 3, you've got the Cursed Rotten Greatwood, which is one of my favorite boss fights in the series now. You've got the uh, Howl Lord Walnir, which is a giant fucking skeleton. Tell me that's not metal as hell. Like, that looks great. And then yeah. you've got the Ancient Wyvern, which I think is just a really interesting and fun fight like even though it ends the same way every time like the the level design and the way that you progress to get there is so cool and you get that yeah. moment of like dropping on that giant uh dragon's head and stabbing them in the, in the, in the and that's just brilliant like the, the animation and everything just looks cool yeah. i love that stuff so good yeah um yeah i think it's it i i, I kind of it's kind of hard to compare them because you say you've got your favorites and whatnot, but uh, it's still, as you say, it's, it's a great game. It's it's plays superbly. Um, it's, yeah. it's a shame that it's not the same, but I don't think it needs to be as good as Dark Souls 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. I was just thinking, because um, I, I like the revisiting of the idea of falling apart world, and I did find a lot of, and I was hit, from a, uh, a thematic and, you know, even sometimes like an emotional, some of these things that I thought were showing just the world going further to crap. And they did, they did have an impact on me. But one thing I was just thinking about, I was trying to think of why maybe the the story overall might not have hit in quite the same way. And I was thinking about, so in Dark Souls 1, you know, you get, you get the Lord Vessel and you go there and the, there's this huge twist where you know you could have Anna Orlando go dark so and everything you're doing with it isn't quite what you think is supposed to happen and then in Dark Souls 2 you're going towards Vendrick and when you finally find Vendrick if you're anything like me you're just blown away to see this decrepit king just kind of walking in circles and it, it hit me in a really hard way like big twist and then bloodborne at least for for my value has the best twist of all where it just is this lovecraftian nightmare that unfolds before you after you beat rom and there's there's no moment in dark souls 3 that quite captures that you might have the fact that aldrich consumed uh gwendolyn as a big surprise or uh, that aldrich is in another castle he's not in his tomb but there's no there's no twists that that make the story just like it doesn't take your expectations and really flip them at a certain point. If anything, Dark Souls Three is a weak point. It might it leans into its themes and it dutifully moves through them, but I don't think it really twists the series in a way that would provide that excitement of something new. It's very much a sequel, and I don't think it tries to be much more than a sequel. If that makes well, sense. I think mean, it's good. I think it's fair to say that at Dark Souls Three at this point, or the Dark Souls universe, is a known entity to us, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it suffers. I think that's why Dark Souls Two suffered um, with a little bit of community backlash in a lot of ways. Is that by this point, it wasn't a niche game. It wasn't just a small community hunting down lore. It was everybody knew mm-hmm. what was going on within days, minutes. We knew everything about the game. Um, whereas Dark Souls 1 took months, weeks to kind of unravel stuff. Whereas within Dark Souls 2, you have you had so many more people doing that day one, hunting down the secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where 
some of the charm of Dark Souls 1, the mystery was there, whereas there is no mystery with Dark Souls 2 and 3, and even less with 3, because it's a known entity. We know the story. We know the, what the hollows do. We know what, what what's happening, what's going on. Um, and so I think it might suffer from that. But at the same time, it's kind of, I think it's kind of nice just knowing and actually feeling more comfortable in the world or universe of, of the Souls game. Um, yeah. So it does have a very different feel to it. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, it's like when when I was traveling through the Cathedral of the Deep and it slowly unraveled to me during my first playthrough that like it's like, oh my God, the Way of White has become this twisted thing, this thing that once... You know, they, they weren't exactly on the up and up. Some, you know, they had Petrus and stuff in their ranks, so they were definitely doing some sketchy things, but, like, they pretended at least to serve the gods in fire. And just to see the way of white be transformed, at least part of it, into this thing that serves this form of the abyss, it was impactful for me in a way, but it doesn't quite tickle at me the same way as some of those other twists. It yep. just it just had this, like, it's what you're saying. It's like, oh, I know what this thing used to be. And yeah. for me, those were a lot of my, uh, well, yeah, a lot of my emotional and, uh, you know, sort of interest in, res- in responding to the game was just to see, oh, they're taking, they're taking very clearly these things and they're just twisting them further. And it's interesting but it doesn't stand on its own, which is kind of what a sequel is. I just think it's so different in the expectations of from making these unique worlds. It's sort of just, yeah, it's weird. And it definitely, I'll say, yeah, I think Dark Souls 3 is great. And although I don't, you know, I, I, I think all the games are great. But I think Dark Souls 3, for those who are positive and those who are negative about it, I think most people will agree that they're, ready to put Dark Souls to rest. Agreed. They're ready for FromSoft to do something new and to get out of those ruts and tropes and expectations because just everything around the release of Dark Souls 3 and then the actual game just all fed into this idea that, yeah, Dark Souls was a really cool run and maybe they can't do, maybe they can't capture that lightning in a bottle again, but they should go do something else. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it was still definitely a good conclusion um, yeah. to the series. It was nicely. I, I kind of uh, feel of it some way. I come with Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, great game, not the best in the series necessarily, but it does well to tie in things um, and to kind of give some kind of closure. Um, I, I I fall differently with with the Nameless King. I actually really like that they kind of tie up that loose end. I wasn't expecting it, and so I actually fall in the camp of actually thinking that's awesome <laughs> that we kind of have an answer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of partly Miyazaki. In some ways, I feel it's a way of Miyazaki saying, like, stop asking me these things. I've given you answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's just the thing, and I think this is a big point, and uh, I'm stealing this from Gary Butterfield, like I mentioned earlier, but uh, the Dark Souls 3 is way more aware and concerned with the player than any of the previous games ever have ever been. Like Dark Souls One doesn't really care about the player or what the player knows or what the player thinks or what the player is feeling. And there's some moments in Dark Souls One where like it kind of messes with your expectation a little bit, like with the Artorias stuff. But Dark Souls Three seems to go out of its way to know number one that there's a there's a person that's playing this game that's aware of the game world, and number two to try to acknowledge and, and please that person. Like 
and that's that's a that's fine like that's a way to tell a story and that's totally okay mm-hmm. like there's fiction written all the time that is you know not the best but is also perfectly ser- serviceable like i read shit books all the time just because i like them like it doesn't make them top 10 bestseller or whatever but you know i just really like the story i really like the what they do and dark souls 3 to me feels like that it feels like it's mm. it's way too concerned with how i'm feeling about it at all times so I don't yeah. I, again, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to seem negative, and I feel like every time I open my mouth, I come out negative. And I, I don't know why that is. I just, I, ah, it's so frustrating. That's fine. I, I understand it. See, I kind of like that, and in, in how they're telling that story with that kind of perspective is because I don't know. I feel that the the um, the ash, the chosen ash, ashen one is so is a character or is a is a being that knows knows has been in this world before like it's you're being brought back is the way i understand it i may be completely wrong um and so i kind of like that that is that overarching feeling that we that we are more aware um because that does tie in as as players we are more aware because we we're nerds and we know everything there is to know about dark souls <laughs> the world's the world that it is um and so it makes sense that would it's kind of delivered in more of a direct way. And so, I don't know. I just, I kind of like that concept. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, um, I agree with uh, that. Yeah. I think dark souls three is definitely a aware player. And, and I, I think that's for good or bad. And I think where I sort of fall on it is that like, and I, I wrote about this into a bonfire side chat was like, for me, I have a big moment that I think is a branching point for, when I was on the road of sacrifices, I I felt like I was in this like fairy tale or legend because like like you're saying, Vader, I I have enough context of the world to feel like one of those characters in Dark Souls One, like Laurentius, who uh, Laurentius knows about the world, but he doesn't quite understand Lordran. He, he wants to go find these things, and so it's like you have the same amount of context as Laurentius. When it comes to lore, if I'm in the video game or not, I can know stuff about the world. Now, when it comes to the soul of Cinder, it crosses because, and and this is maybe getting a little too technical about it, but the soul of Cinder is recognized me as a player. And I don't want to be recognized as, I'm okay with being recognized as someone who's inhabited this world before, which is, it's a weird thing to, to sort of uh, say maybe, but I'm okay with lore having this lore context because it feels like I'm walking into this fairy tale world and I can just pretend for this hour and a half I'm playing that I'm this person who's learning about this fabled land where I get to learn the fate of wherever I came from. Because, you know, I always took Dark Souls 3 and a lot of the stuff where they're talking about Astora. Like, those lands died long ago. Those... Where, where you are now is you're it's like as if all the chosen ash are being all of a sudden transported to this end of time place which is lothric like so they're separated so it feels like it's seven minutes ago because your character came from the world of dark souls one and now they're in dark souls three and it, they're getting to learn this legacy just like the player is learning this legacy but the soul of cinder for me takes it one step too far with the gwyn theme and stuff where i'm like this is the song. The song doesn't exist in this world. It exists to the player. And I don't want you to talk to me. I want you to talk to my character. And that's all yep. a bunch of very goofy meta logic, but that's how I <laughs> interpret the series. No, I'm with that's, that. That's, 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 that's well said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, 
Wait, who was the chosen, um, the chosen Ash, whatever what they're called? Um, like, where, where did they come from? Because that's one I haven't really decided in my mind who they are. Um, I kind of took it as that it was Fael's um, <laughs> chosen undead at, at, at originally, and that you're giving yeah. it a, a second chance. Yeah, as, as far as I understand from reading, like, uh, interviews, people who attempted to link the flame, but I don't think they did, they failed in doing so. So they're, so at least the way I would come as a, they're sort of held in this purgatory. I don't think that's ever really stated, but just the fact that a lot of these characters are coming from these lands that are long gone, and they almost don't seem to have the knowledge that things are gone. Like, yeah, I think it's that way. And you see that with stuff like the, uh, the, the paladins ashes outside the cathedral of the deep. I imagine the story of this paladin who came from, he who either came from Astora or wherever else, and they thought they were coming to visit the Way of White, but they died when they realized the Cathedral of the Deep was what it was now. So yeah, I, I assume that there's these people who attempted to do something and failed, and they've been held until the, like the end of days to like this form of salvation maybe as a, i think i don't think there's enough context in the game to quite describe what's going on there but based off of an interview that's sort of how it's hit me okay so i wasn't i wasn't wrong <laughs> no make? yeah it's, it's i think i think miyazaki did actually yeah they're basically someone who claim and maybe failed or gave not exactly sure and so I guess that's kind of interesting because the fact is that there were people who played Dark Souls 1 and just failed um, uh, and stopped playing. Uh, and so I kind of like that, I, that yeah, that kind of meta mm-hmm. kind of sort of take on it that we're playing a character who gave up. <laughs> um, so we don't um, like just get kind of sucked in with crazy lore talk. Uh, Let's get like, what is your favorite uh, boss in the in the game? Like, let's let's pick out some positive stuff. So Jeremy doesn't make this the let's all hate Dark Souls three hour. Like, what's your <laughs> in, Invader? You, you start us off. What's your what's your favorite boss? Uh-huh. Sean, you start us off while Vader thinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suck at listing things. <laughs> I'm not asking you to list things. Just one thing. <laughs> just say one list. Thing. It's a very short list. <laughs> <laughs> Go Sean, I'll think about it. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Th- I mean, the the oh. one that the one that hits me first is I. I think I like the Curse Rod of Greatwood more than most people, and it's not because of the fight, but I just think it's a very interesting looking boss, and uh, you know, just it's very visceral. I've never, that boss every time you explode, it's like sacks, and it has this front arm that explodes out. It's what you're saying. It's like even after all these games, they can make some really fucked up, weird-looking shit, and it's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so the the fight's, like, pretty... It's okay, but the the, the the look of it is exactly what I want in these games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think otherwise, you know, I um, maybe the, the Twin Princes fight took me a while, and I think that fight's really, really cool and interesting. I am... Um, yeah, I'd probably put the, the Twin Princes up there just as being one of the more interesting fights and just, yeah, doing, like you said, doing something new and just so evocative, having that, you know, having Lothric, this crippled guy just hanging off of his mm-hmm. stronger brother's back. It's just, it it's just really strange in the very Dark Souls feeling way to sort of 
take a shortcut. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's strange in a way. Like I would never draw that. I don't know how they come up with this shit, but they do. And it's, it's really cool when you just see something you would have never thought of. It's also really interesting when a boss in these games talk to you. Yeah. Um, because yeah. It's, it doesn't come up a lot. And when it does, it, it feels relatively memorable. Like when Priscilla does it in Dark mm-hmm. Souls 1. And um, I feel like it happens in Dark Souls 2 somewhere as well. Nishandra. Nishandra talks to you in Dark Souls 2. Like it, it feels kind of interesting when these characters do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. into that as well. I was actually going to say yeah, Cursed Rotted Greatwood. When, uh, <laughs> right. Just because, I, I mean, that the boss design... Like, my favorite boss in Dark Souls 2 is uh, the Demon of Song, for almost the exact same reason that mm, you said, yes. the Cursed Rotted Greatwood. Like, it just looks weird and fucked up, and I like the way that it looks. And mm-hmm. there's something really satisfying about dodging all of these attacks and dodging all of the weird mobs and, and you know, exploding mm-hmm. those sacks and then letting it drop down. Uh, I just... Yeah, just it's really, really satisfying. And then outside of that, like from a pure mechanics fight, um, I, I find myself liking the Sunbro, the uh, Dragon Slayer's armor. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I just I find it very, very fair, and I find it very fun. And I know that's a weird mm-hmm. thing to say. Like I, I think that's for, I've heard back that people don't like that fight as much as I do. Hmm. Um, but I'm I'm really into it. Yeah, yeah I, I had trouble with that fight. I was it was after the massive grind of the of Lothric Castle. I found Lothric Castle frustrating because those knights would just one-shot me. Uh, and so I was fed up at that point. Um, and so I, I I think my brother was online and he just, you know, it's the only boss I co um that I co-opt just because he was online and he just came and fought me. I didn't even try him. It was just my first go was my brother. Um, so I haven't really experienced him fully. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing him again mm. in my second run. Yeah. Um, but I would, yeah, I'd probably say the the the, the prince, Prince Lothric, and, and his brother. That 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 mm. was that was at the end of this real frustrating <laughs> run of getting annoyed at at um, the levels because that's one thing I found the levels tend to be harder than the bosses in, in Dark Souls Three. Mm. Um, yeah. I would struggle, 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 and I thought I was going to bounce off this boss, especially when I saw that at his second um, <laughs> health bar regenerate. So I, 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 I kind of worked out the mechanic. It was tricky, but not too tricky that it was impossible to work out. That you had had him, you kind of had to take out the little brother because yeah. he kept healing him. Yeah. Um. So that'd be my pick. Um. Yeah. Also, um, I think Champion uh, Gundir is a uh, really good mechanic, mechanically speaking, and and visually cool. Mechanically, I for some just getting into the rhythm of Champion Gundir and just like. Like you could, I just found myself when I beat him, I really crushed him. It only took a couple of tries, but it was just great to get into this like, like rhythm where you just know and you're just like floating past them, like you're like you're Neo in the Matrix, and you just beat them. But it feels like you earned every step of that. And I, yeah. I also felt that with the Twin Princes, especially because I did that fight a lot in the first phase, and he's blinking around. It's just so satisfying to roll out of the way at that perfect moment yeah, and just really. Was own the battlefield against this guy who can literally teleport around. It just feels so good. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, you hit blink and you just roll just as he's appearing. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was really cool. Um, so, just to confirm, you're talking about the the Dark Fire Link Shrine version of Gundyr. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Champion, Champion yeah. Gundyr, not um, yeah. uh, Ludus Gundyr. Yeah. 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 That Champion Gundyr is the only boss in this game that I beat my first time through. So, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. But by that yeah, point, my that- sorcerer had turned into a pyromancer, and I was just <laughs> shredding everything. <laughs> so, burning. Yeah. Burning the place. 
Yeah. Um, hey guys, I don't I don't want to cut us too short, but um, I'm I'm I probably need to go kind of soon. Can we? Do you, would you mind wrapping it up? Is this, sure. a, no, is this a good? We're good, or yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've said my piece, I guess. <laughs> Vader, are you? Uh, do you want to close us out uh, with some thoughts on Dark Souls Three? No. Okay. So we'll yeah. just finish right there. Nah. Well, just too much, too much flooded in into my head. I kind of want to talk about the Lords of Cinder, but we're running out. Yeah, as you say, it's getting on. We could us three could talk for hours. So. I, I tell you what, uh, Vader. What we should do is, um, I don't think I don't think I can do it next week, but the week after we can uh, get you on. Don't give up skeleton, and you can spend an hour talking about Dark Souls Three over there. Done. Let's do it. Yeah. Waiting for my invitation. Your invitation has been open. I just haven't had time to schedule people. So we'll we'll do that. Let's say. Okay, cool. Um well Sean thank you very much for coming on and guesting and filling in for Cliff with you're always a, a blast to have on especially when we talk dark souls but even when we don't and uh really appreciate you you spending the time with us today thank you Yeah that no, was a bunch of fun Tell people again who uh may have forgotten since we said it before we started the spoiler section where they can find you on the internet Yeah uh, keep it short as I did before if you want to find out the stuff I'm doing and interested in, go to Twitter and look for at the War Hunter, and uh, you'll probably see a lot of Dark Tower stuff right now. But uh, a Dark Souls stuff as well. So, yay, Dark Tower! Vader, <laughs> where can they find you on the internet? Uh, Vader Van Odin, mm-hmm. um, not on Tinder, Jeremy. So, <laughs> but you're not ruling out Grinder, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's Tinder for, gay, Tinder for gay guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why, why, why would I know that? Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a good knowing that your wife uh, listens to the show. Pretending that you don't know what Grinder is is an a plus, a plus all the way. <laughs> Playboy magazine. I've never heard of that. Naked women. What? Man, this uh, guy. I anyway, love this. I love this with Vader so much. <laughs> um, just winding me up. Um, so Vader Van on YouTube, Twitter, I guess on Tumblr. Um, player.me there's a new thing called uh, Leet I don't know if anyone's heard of it you can um, do highlights of your games uh, it links to your YouTube and then you can just like take out like 10 like 5 to 10 15 seconds of it and just it's like a social media for just short clips hmm, which cool. is it's kind of cool it's called Leet um, I need some, some come follow me I've got no friends <laughs> it, it's, it's only launched recently but it's um, it's pretty cool cool um, cool. and you can tweet from there as well. So you can, that's where I did my, um, Hodrick destroying me with one parry, um, <laughs> little video clip I did was using late. Cool. Uh, I can be found at JG Greer on Twitter. Uh, you can find this podcast at darkinsight.net. You can also find us at dark insight pod on Twitter. Um, what else can they do? They can, they can send us emails at, uh, I think I'm Jeremy at darkinsight.net. You're Vader Van Oden at darkinsight.net. Cliff is Cliff at darkinsight.net. Is that right? I don't actually use any yep. of those email addresses, so. <laughs> we should. Because it's branded and cool. It's branded and cool. Um, <laughs> I, I want to give a quick shout out. I meant to bring it up as we were talking about Dark Souls 3, and I completely forgot. A uh, friend of the show, Neil Loki, just came out with a new video mm. called yeah, the. Nice. Uh, I think it was. Is, is it The Adventures of? Or The Trials of? Or. Uh, like the Quest of Sigmire? Or the the Duty of Sigmire. Of Sigmund. Uh, yeah, um, I know. <laughs> the thing of Sigurd. Let's see. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's really good. The Duty I, of Sigward, I, I, Sigward of yeah. Katarina, a movie. I would highly recommend going and checking that out. Mm-hmm. It's it's very cool, and he did a, a really crazy job with it. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, thank you everybody for listening, and we appreciate you tuning in. Please, please, please spread the word of the podcast. We love having new listeners. Um, Thank you to all those who have left iTunes reviews and that retweet and like the show on Twitter and talk about it with their friends. We've gotten a lot of good feedback lately, and we really, really appreciate it. And that'll do us for this episode. Thank y'all. Say goodbye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.